how do we do this? <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. It's been a while. All right. Oh, that song is in... Um... Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. No, it's not. No, it's not. Never mind. No, it's, it's a different. The... It's a different song by the same... That that feels like it should be in Den of Thieves. There was a song in Den of Thieves. It was... Uh... By... Perfect what it's li- what it's like? No, it was by uh, Everlast. Oh, Everclear, Everlast. Everlast. <laughs> when you really want the world is like, world is like. You really want the world is like. Oh, nineties music. Okay, everyone ready? Ready. Yes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Nashville, CA. This is your double-featured, double-weekly podcast hosted by one guy in Nashville and another guy in California. My name is Sean. I am your California half, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Josh. How are you doing today? I am doing much better at this exact moment than I was about 12 hours ago. Yes, I got a concerning text from you 12 hours ago, which made me think I might be hosting this show solo right now. So what happened? I believe my uh, my migraine-type medicine is, did not catch this particular migraine last night and resulted in me like rolling around and crying in bed for about four, five or six hours. It was horrible. Like, not in a good way. And uh, is there a good way to roll around in bed and cry? I don't. I don't want to kink shame anyone. <laughs> I use my tears as lube. All right, moving on. We have a guest this week, <laughs> and we have a wonderful guest. Josh, she's, she's our friend from book club and many other things. It's Jen. Hey, Jen, how's it going? Hey, I'm great. I don't have a migraine, so that's always good. Yay! Well, Yay! no, you don't because. Jen, you're a teacher, and school is officially it out is. for summer. It's over. Congratulations. Thanks. Made it one more year. How were the children this year? Um, uh... <laughs> is there hope for our country? In some ways, yes. In some ways, they're great. In other ways, I'm concerned. But they'll, 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 they'll correct themselves, I feel like. There you go. <laughs> I, I have hope, even if I don't have faith. that sounds a lot like morgan freeman at the end of seven yeah which is pretty accurate yep (laughs) in any given movie i am the morgan freeman (laughs) josh what's the quote the uh edgar Allan poe once wrote that the world is a Terrible place and no, worth it, fighting for. It's a fine place and worth fighting for, I believe. I, I believe in the second, second half. half. Yeah. I, I don't think it's Edgar Allan Poe, though. I, God damn it. Who is it? I don't know. I don't know. Thomas Mann? I don't know. John Locke? I don't know. <laughs> John Locke. We have to keep pushing numbers into the hatch or else something bad will happen. <laughs> So, we have a real dumb episode today. This this might take the cake for our just straight, most stupid episode, and I couldn't be more excited to talk about it. So, the origin of this episode was, God, months ago at book club meeting, Jen, for some reason, somehow we talked about Hurricane Heist or something, and then you just threw out there the idea to pair it with... Uh, Den with thieves. Den of Thieves. Were we reading 
what was that car? Blacktop Wasteland. Blacktop Wasteland. It had to have been, right? It had to have been that book. Which is very in line. I was thinking about Blacktop Wasteland as we were watching these movies today. Oh, they're all meathead movies or meathead stories. Yeah. And then I tricked you into watching Hard Rain earlier this week, like last week. (laughs) Yeah, but can it be a trick when it's a good thing? (laughs) I was so glad. I thought I was like, this could go horribly, horribly wrong and everyone could hate me and I could be shamed off the Discord. I still don't understand who is a good guy and who's a bad guy in Hard Rain. And I don't think you're meant to figure it out. No. I don't think the screenwriter knows. Money corrupts people. Everyone's a bad guy, except for Minnie Driver. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you think we should start this? Should we go really, really dumb to start and then finish it with <laughs> popcorn heat? Or do we start with popcorn heat and finish really, really dumb? Oh, I don't know. That's both ways you describe that are very appealing to me. I think it might be funnier to find like to start with Den of Thieves and then in Hurricane Heist be like, oh, that was just like in Den of Thieves. Like, what the hell is up with high school football? Why are they obsessed? Because it's the passport (laughs) on the street, y'all. We have a lot to get into about (laughs) high school football and my complete confusion about what it's doing in that movie (laughs) and then he said red dawn and i got really confused i was like wait that's a play or the movie or both what are you doing i swear the writer was just putting references in that he's seen in other movies Mm -hmm. without understanding the context or how to use them (laughs) Uh, so we're gonna start with uh den of thieves which is a 2018 heist movie written, directed, and produced by Christian Gudegast, who, as far as I could tell, this is his only movie he's ever done. Um, Apparently, there might be a sequel in production, in development, which I would be fully in for. But what when you're talking Den of Thieves, what we're really talking about is the Gerard Butler show. Man, He's so good. This might be one of my favorite Gerard Butler movies. Do you think he's just playing himself? I think I think he really put a lot of prep into this cuz it looks to me like he's been eating nothing but salt for about <laughs> a month leading up to this cuz he's so swollen mm-hmm. and bloated and he doesn't necessarily look fat. But it's just like his body is retaining too much moisture. And you see like in his hands and his like his fat fingers with like the rings that are suffocating his fingers. He looks terrible, especially how we get introduced to him oh, yeah. in this movie where he's sneaking into his own house, drinking milk out of the carton, all bleary eyed and hung over. Oh, wait, no, that's not his intro. His intro is eating a bloody donut. Yeah. A bloody donut. <laughs> yes, it was part of the crime scene. Wait, but that wasn't a bloody donut. It was in a bloody box. Yeah, the box had blood all over it. What? I didn't notice that. (laughs) Yep. I did notice him throw the donut into the hot crime scene, which gets called out later. (laughs) But you're you're skipping ahead. You're missing 2,400 times a year, 44 times a week, nine times a day. Every 48 minutes, a bank is robbed here. This is the bank robbery capital of the world. Los Angeles. 
Hell yeah, with that sweeping drone shot down oh, to yeah. the armored truck. It's so I cool. I do think there's this movie shoots LA well sometimes. I think there's like certain little setups that I think they really get close to not quite the Michael Mann like collateral level, but but that's what they're going for. And I think at times they get near it. And I have no frame of reference, but they really wanted you to know which part of L.A. you were in in every scene because they told you on the screen what neighborhood you were in. I was like, okay, I guess they could get there in five minutes. I don't know. When when they kept that trope up for like the last few scenes of the movie, even I was like, we don't need this anymore. It's I'm already in. I bought into this. I don't need to know where. Uh, and it doesn't help me because I don't know the neighborhoods of L.A., so I don't know where the scrapyard is. It doesn't matter. It's a scrapyard. But what they did drop was telling you which character you were following. Like the like the not the very first scene that they showed Pablo Schreiber, they put his name up on the screen. And the first mm-hmm. time, like then when you started following Donnie, they put his name up on the screen and then they just stopped that and started putting places. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like that we get Big Nick. Big Nick. As, as Big Gerard Nick. Butler's name. <laughs> yeah, so what do you think of this intro scene with this whole armored truck heist? I, I was, my first thought was, this is like the exact intro scene from Heat. Like, almost T for T, like dot for dot. We're going to get the armored truck, break into it, one guard resists, put that guard down. Like all, But then... What I wasn't waiting for is then, oh, we're also going to now skip to the giant climax of Heat, and we're going to do that too now. So the movie in the first two minutes is just (laughs) blasting through like every great moment of Heat right off the bat. That's what makes it a better movie. Would you not agree? (laughs) (laughs) That's my first note was uh, a line from Heat, actually. It was at the drop of a hat. These guys are ready to rock and roll. I was thinking there's not there's not any like I want some more good buddy like the the backup cops. I want a Ted Levine in there. Someone with a little bit more gravitas and in character where like you see that guy he has three lines and you feel like you know who that character is. Mm-hmm. But they went so far out of their way to be like no, the cops are all trash bags. So you should hate I, my first note was they immediately kill cops, but they're still not the villains of the movie. <laughs> yeah. So I think for better or worse, probably for worse. Um, this movie does is so one sided as far as like presenting the bad guys as the good guys. You don't quite get that struggle like you do watching an excellent movie like Heat again, where it's like. Ah, do I cheer for Pacino? Do I cheer for De Niro? Which guy do I like more? And this one is like, oh no, Gerard Butler is an out of control maniac who smells like cheeseburgers. <laughs> but in every interview he did, he talked about that you should feel that kind of struggle watching the movie, that you see the struggle that all the cops go through and how hard it is to live that life and the strain it puts on their families. And they're really trying to be good family men. I'm like, dude, did you watch the scene? Were you there when you shot those scenes? No, fuck, fuck <laughs> these cops. They all suck. They yes. suck. They're the worst. They're the worst. When he shows up to that dinner party 
It, one, it reminded oh, me my. of the scene in Major League. You remember yes. Major League where he follows his ex-wife home and ends up in her fiancé's apartment and mm-hmm. hanging out at like a dinner party with everyone? It was basically that scene combined with extremes implications of violence, yeah. basically. You're never worried that Tom Berenger's going to kill anybody in that movie. No. Yeah. But when Gerard Butler says, give me a hug. Come here. Come here. Hug me out. Let's save money on therapy. I'm just like, I'm not fucking hugging you, yeah. dude. Get the way from me. Jesus. He would just be so greasy to hug, too. Yes, you'd come away with, like, his stench all over you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, what do you think his character smells like? Donuts and desperation. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, motor oil for some reason, like like really used dirty motor oil. <laughs> See, I'm just getting like, it's not it's not the good smell of cigarettes. It's the smell of cigarettes when somebody smokes half a cigarette and then puts the other half back in their pocket, and you just get that stench combined with little magazine. Uh, perfume samples that you would like wipe the piece of paper <laughs> on your them neck. on himself. Yeah. <laughs> Before he goes about, home from the club. What about one of those bars that still has carpeting uh, and it's beer soaked like over years and even though there's not smoking in there anymore there was for years and years and you can still smell it. That's what it's that's what he's like. That's what it's like. <laughs> that's what it's like to have to choose. <laughs> Of course, we're listening to a 1998 song. In oh my god, 2018. Like I do. Like I'm not judging, except I'm judging him. Oh no, this guy definitely only He's listens stuck. to like mid to early 2000s rock stations. He's stuck in high school. I bet he loves Uncle Cracker with a K. Yes. <laughs> what? Uh, what about Creed? He. <laughs> Oh, people who like Creed. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. I know we're going to talk shit about Creed. And I know people... No, have done. you seen that halftime video? It was at the Cowboys game. And they have, like, ribbon dancers. So, like, they're playing with... And then there's, like, this guy, like, running along the field with two ribbons. And then, like, the ribbons, like carry him off like an angel into the air and he's twirling around and you got Scott Stapp wearing a dumb Cowboys jersey. I like it. I, 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 I unironically like that. There's something about the, the just really, once again, kind of dirtbag earnestness to that that I really appreciate. Who's, do we have any yowlers anymore? We had Eddie Van, Eddie, uh, Eddie Vedder. Vedder. And Scott Stapp, is that his name? Yeah, yeah, you had it. But we're, you know, who's... And it's funny I mentioned Ted Levine earlier, because Ted Levine are kind mm. of a yowler also, but he's, he's a yowling actor. <laughs> it's a dying art, that swollen tongue. The female hacker in this movie kind of has that mumble mouth, big tongue thing. Oh, wait, no, other movie, sorry. Oh, another movie, yeah. Yeah, I got confused. Oh, well, we have lots to say about God, her. I- I can't wait to talk about those hackers. That's all I want to talk about. That's I did love that they had a hacker in this movie. Like 
right at the beginning, you see they've got their navigation guy. Oh, the sweet angel from The Walking Dead. Like he's Jerry. He never Jerry did anything wrong. Dead. He needs to. I need adventures of him just being a sweetheart, a bet aider, and a better. <laughs> I was so happy wrong. to see him pull through this movie and make it out alive and prospering. Because I agree, I, I'm very like tainted from my walking dead fandom but his character in that show is just like the sweetest stand-up guy will do anything for anyone at any turn and i love him so much and so to see him in this movie just makes me so happy yep love him because he had his little top knot at one point i was like oh sweet angel if anybody else <laughs> had I'd been like a douchebag but he he's like just a teddy bear and then to lead uh, the team of thieves, uh, oh shit, what's the guy's name? Pablo Schreiber, yeah. who I was trying to figure out why I recognize this guy. I just realized he's in the uh, the Halo show now, mm-hmm. which I have not watched, but that's why I've seen him around recently on the internet. I haven't watched it either, but I will watch anything with him. I love him. I've seen so many movies because he's like six four, six five, so he usually plays the bad guy. So uh, I've seen so many, like, he's a pimp, he's a drug dealer he takes advantage of high school girls movies just because he's in them wait what other movies has he been in um the first thing i ever saw him in he was on the show weeds for a little bit he uh was on american gods but he was in skyscraper the rock movie with the skyscraper it's die hard but but i saw it and i I chose to not remember anything about he it. He was in that Benghazi propaganda movie. The 13 that, Hours? Yeah, he's in that. Because yep. he's always like a military guy or a like, drug dealer, generally. Uh, he was in Bubble Boy. He was in Bubble Boy, where he was like not menacing and scary until he was. Yeah. His brother's Ray Donovan, though. Like That's his half-brother, is Liam Schreiber. From Scream. Cottonweed. Oh, 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 really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Leave Schreiber to me will always be the narrator of Hard Knocks, the <laughs> HBO show about NFL oh, teams. He's on Pablo Schreiber's on the wire. It's probably like the biggest thing. Oh, who? I don't what remember. Uh, I didn't watch it yet, but it too is he's Nick Sabatka. I think. Oh, that's Nick. Yeah, he's, he's so bigger, stupid he's in that show. Now. Yeah, yeah, he's like big dumb guy half the time. Yeah, he was so he was scrawny dumb guy in the wire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yoked up. I don't remember the wire hardly at all. Oh, I, I watched it like twelve years ago. Yeah, that's fair. I think I'm gonna watch it this summer. Although I'm not great with TV shows anymore. Like I don't. It's weird. The wire is really good, but it's also funny now because. Everything that they do technologically is so far out of date that it's mm. not even applicable anymore. You need to watch the conversation and get your feelings hurt more. Yeah. Well, especially after <laughs> Blowout. Right. I oh, loved yeah. all the analog sound stuff and Blowout combined with like the Dakota oh. camera work and everything. I, Despite the Travolta. I'm not, I'm not a huge Travolta guy. And I did find that black dot in the center of his chin very distracting. But it had to screw up the acoustics, like him listening to stuff. I'm like, how are you not hearing an echo from your chin dimple? (laughs) 
But Sean, you, I know we've been through this, but you would love the conversation. There's so much it like, it's very dude for one thing. Secondly, it's got John Cazale, uh, who was in what? Five perfect movies. Exactly. He's my highest rated actor on Letterboxd. It's like, because he didn't make anything bad ever. Yeah. Uh, and it's got all the the procedural aspects of going through the analog tape and what he does with it. Oh, it is so cool. I have it downloaded, ready to go. So I will okay. watch it soon. Just haven't okay. been in the, the right mindset for it yet. Okay. Um, so can we just talk overall, like, just overall... I don't think what this heist is in this movie is communicated clearly enough to the audience. I don't know if you both felt that also. The heist confused me. The, as wait, far the big as heist or just stealing the big, the, the big, big heist. Like the overarching heist. I, I understand why they needed to rob an armored truck to, mm-hmm. to get it in there. They needed to rob the bank to get money Money. to take to the federal place. Is that what happened? Well, and that's so I see like we get Jerry call in and say, oh, this bank has a drop off today or whatever. And he makes the makes the call to the federal place. Mm -hmm. So then they're going to do that and they're going to get the money that's been deleted from the system. And then they're going to steal the trash trucks, and that was that was their plan. Steal the trash trucks, get the money out of the trash trucks, and then be scot-free, correct? Yes. The money but nobody also, was looking for. Well, the yeah. money they can't track, because they'd... That was right. the thing that I didn't, I didn't understand, because, like, they can't track it, but they're still going to look for it. Like... The way they talk in the movie is like, oh, once this money is decommissioned, nobody cares about it. And I'm like, no, they'll still care. They're, they're going to be upset. The feds are not going to be happy about this. And so the the only thing that goes wrong is that the women chase the guy down because of their bad delivery food. Is that the only flaw in this plan? Well, no, because that doesn't actually enter into it. Like, that's kind of a a red herring or something. Because that security guard doesn't catch him. Uh, It's because Big Nick figured out somehow that they're not robbing, they're not actually robbing the bank that they're robbing. (laughs) They're robbing the Federal Reserve. Uh, By looking at his big board of pictures. Yes. Oh, wait, no, that was later, though, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he uh, he goes in. He just has the feeling that they're not actually in that bank anymore, which is very inside man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what, so they needed a cart full of money. So when they blast a hole through the floor of the bank, that's them stealing the cart full of money that they then put into the armored van to then drive to the deposit. And I think the money that they got from an earlier score, because there's the whole thing with Pablo Schreiber standing there and like, do you want uh, this or 30 times this or whatever it is that he says? 
Yeah, don't um, you want thirty million? Yeah, with no attachments Some, when they were doing all the business of the die packs and the microwaves and all of that. Oh, that was how cool is it when that die pack blows up in the sink? I love those business scenes of showing me how things work, even if it's not realistic. I don't care. (laughs) I believe it. (laughs) Okay, so that makes sense. And so they were supposed to have a 90 minute window where the cops would all just hang out in the parking lot of the bank Mm -hmm. while they're off in a different location robbing it. However, Big Nick busts into the place by himself and that's why the plan is foiled because now the cops are back on their cha- on their tail mm-hmm. okay i got you now that's... it's just this movie it's a lot of t- you know i i like um it's kind of like the better call Saul style where it's like uh, vince gilligan says like mi- if you have the audience in mystery it's good if you have the audience confused it's bad and so i don't need like I don't need the heist fully spelled out right off the bat because uh, it is nice to have that mystery where we, we're not told game piece by piece by piece what's going to happen. However, once shit's happening, I do want to fully understand everything that's going on. And I was a little confused in this one. I did have some lines that end with dot, 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 I think in my notes. The, the crew is going after $30 million. I think think (laughs) like i didn't quite understand it because they set the heist up i was not sure how much money they were was on the line but when he's filling little tiny black plastic trash bags it doesn't seem like that much money because remember in heat they have like five duffel bags that Mm -hmm. look like they weigh 150 pounds each full of money this looked like it was like five envelopes stuffed with like $10,000 each. Well, they were $1,000 bills. So Ooh. they weren't. <laughs> I know, but there are $1,000 bills, are there not? I, I think they exist. I, sure. That's a pipe dream, Sean. Again, I believe you. You tell me. I'm like, sure. Okay. Yeah, why not? Seems logical. My Lego bodega hates me when I try to break a thousand dollar bill on a pack of gum. <laughs> um, what about the fact you guys were talking about that they just drop references? Donnie drops a Casablanca reference the mm-hmm. first time we see him in the bar. Okay. And I was like, I put stars all around it. I wrote Casablanca and I put stars and it made me so happy and endeared me to this movie. <laughs> Uh, my question is... And then I thought, has what? Sean seen Casablanca? <laughs> my question is, what's Casablanca? <laughs> oh, Sean. <laughs> I, know, I know it's a famous movie. I don't... Based around World War II? Mm-hmm. So That's the reference... All I know. Oh, and I know that from, from Modern Family, if you do this with your hands, like you're pushing the keys on a piano, that is from the movie. Mm-hmm. Casablanca, finger piano. Do you know this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship? Famous, no, I... famous last line. No, which they reused oh, wait, in have, the movie wait, Dead I've, Heat. I've heard that line. Okay. That's from Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I'm thought, shocked. Jen, the gambl- thought, I'm shocked. The gambling were telling, is going on in here. I thought you were just telling me that, like, <gasps> this is the start oh, of our beautiful we're friendship be best because I haven't now. seen Casablanca. Yes, no. <laughs> So I was going to say, I'm going to reveal that it was just a movie quote. Yes, I'm going to become your friend so I can force you to watch Casablanca. Hey, I'll take it. 
So Casablanca is based on a play called Everybody Comes to Rick's, I believe. And Rick's bar, uh, Rick's Cafe American, is like this neutral ground where the Allied and the Axis will both be there at the same time. And they're spies and stuff who will, and they kind of call off all of, they call a truce when they come into Rick's bar. And that's what Donnie is saying his bar is like. Like, there'll be guys from different sides, um, good guys, bad guys, federal workers, whatever. But they all kind of put their leave their shit at the door when they come in. That sounds like a really good story. <laughs> they should make that into a movie. It's kind of classic, yeah. It might, it, some people say it's a perfect film. It's great. One of the best. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Is it? So you're saying it's as good as your next I would okay. I would watch your next every day of my life. I would not watch Casablanca every day of my life. See, Jen, this is why I want to be friends with you, but you won't let me. You just won't let me. Every time I think that the friendship is starting, she puts me down again. No, no, no. Jen is one of my. You know when you have someone on Letterbox where it's like, man, that person and I, I, I feel like we're just on the same page, and I can trust. If they're into something, I feel like I will be too. And I, I think Jen is my foil like that. She's the one where, like, if I see Jen dig something, I'm like, all right, I got to check that out. I appreciate that. Thank you. I don't think that's a compliment, though, because I don't think I have very good taste. <laughs> I contain multitudes. I watch all kinds of everything. My, um, I have another set of friends who say that they're too list in the world. Movies that Jen has seen and movies on Jen's watch list because I want to watch all of the movies. They made fun of me because I'm not I'm leaving for a trip in two days and they're like, did you download movies? And I'm like, no, I'm going to watch whatever's on the plane. It doesn't matter. I'll watch it. <laughs> I don't care. Well, that's a Where bold stance. I know. They're like, they're like, you're kind of playing with fire. I'm like, yep. That's how I roll. Where are you going? I'm going to Europe, going to Germany and Switzerland and Austria and Hungary. And Liechtenstein. God damn, that's a hell of a trip. Yeah, it's two weeks. How much do they pay you, teachers? Um, <laughs> I had to save up. This trip should have been uh, last summer. Like I've had, I have two trips that have been pushed. Oh man, yeah, so. right. Well, awesome. I'm glad you get to go. I'm excited. I'm not packed. I'm not prepared, but I'm excited. Um, yeah, but. What can you really prepare for for Europe? Just exactly. A couple <laughs> underwears, a couple socks. You're sure. good. Sure. That's all I need. I, I can't wait to see Sean when he travels. Literally. I, I, I roll out for <laughs> a vacation. Like a plastic Kroger bag. That's yes. all he's taking with him. I roll out. I've got, I've got a Adidas duffel bag that all my clothes are in. Um, and my backpack full of technology. Like... That's I roll pretty light, but Sean, it sounds like he's putting me to shame. I hate checking luggage. Mm-hmm. I despise checking luggage. So I try to only carry a backpack. So everything in one backpack. And then, yes, I'm that guy who I'm a maniac when it comes to public transportation. And so I get... I want everyone to follow the unwritten rules that exist only in my brain. And one of those rules is if you can't lift your own bag to put up in the storage bin, 
then you should not be allowed to bring that bag on the plane. These people who need assistance to get their bag up top, or they take fucking forever, or they want to get their jacket out of their bag, or put the jacket back in the bag, and there's like 80 people standing waiting to get on the plane, and they're dilly-dallying for 45 seconds fucking around <laughs> trying to get this goddamn thing. If everyone was like me, planes would board and deboard in 90 seconds. It would be amazing. Oh, if Why only everyone was like people? me. If Betty White was trying to put something in the overhead, you'd be like, fuck you, and kick her in the head. <laughs> Keep moving and get out of the way, don't, Betty White. I don't bring, put anything. I don't don't put, bring those malicious rumors onto this show, Jen. Okay. So sorry. I apologize. Well, okay. no, they don't even have to know. They could just know you hate short old people. Um, that's not. What, oh my. That's what you're interpreting, I'm saying? Yes, because they can't put stuff in the overhead. I don't put anything no, it's in the anyone. overhead. It's. It's anyone and it's, everyone. It's also children, generally any <laughs> anyone who's differently abled. Exactly. Uh, somebody who might have sprained their wrist earlier that day. It's then check your bag. <laughs> check your bag. Mine. Go, uh, if you can't stick lift it, everything check it. under the seat in front of me. Like I don't put anything in the overhead because I don't want to have to be trying to get my stuff. Like, oh, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a under-the-seat guy yeah. also. Everything goes under the seat, so then I can drag my own stuff down. out when yeah. I need it. I can get my Kindle out, and then when I'm done reading for a little while, I can drag something else out. Can we also talk about movie theaters and the fact that two people walked into men 20 minutes late, so I'm already annoyed with them, and then 20 minutes later, one guy goes to the bathroom? I'm like, are you five years old? You get to the movie late, and you still can't hold your... Ba- you can't mm-hmm. go... 90 minutes without peeing oh and then his wife walked out when when things happened uh-huh. his wife walked out and i was just like yeah it serves you right i hope you don't like this movie that's what you get here? for showing up late to it why that's, are you here i do like i'm that. a maniac Jen. I'm, I'm... <laughs> as soon as no. that movie was over i texted sean and i was like i was like hey men man men you just <laughs> I was so ready because people during my screening were walking out. Uh, one guy was just saying, stupid, stupid. <laughs> no, you don't understand. I went and saw Watcher last night, which would have been a good uh, double feature with men. And as I was leaving and walking up the stairs in the um, in the parking garage, someone clearly had just gotten out of men because she was going. Oh, 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 oh. And I was like, oh, I love you, honey. Join the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was stuck in my head after seeing men. Just the the original soundtrack. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, go see men, listeners. I feel like two thirds of you will love it, and one third of you will despise it. And that's how no, that's I can. And that's how I can weed out my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely one of the most polarizing things I've seen in a long time. In a long time. I would not hold it against anyone who hates that no, movie. Uh, Jen, you mentioned that there's there's only movies that you've seen and movies that you've yet to see. Mm-hmm. Um, is anyone else obsessed with completing the lists on Letterboxd? Okay, so Coda won uh, Best Picture, and it pisses me off because now I'm at 98%. And then one of my friends <laughs> is like, it's probably going to be on the plane. You can like knock that shit out. <laughs> I'm like, That's I lost awesome. my green circle. <laughs> mine uh, i think the one that i have closest is uh the horror the horror 250 i like that they switched that out with the other 
uh, Guillermo del Toro one. Yeah, Guillermo um, del Toro, like a thousand and one or whatever. But it was like, more than that because he kept adding stuff. And one of them was The Counselor. Like he had some garbage movies on there. And so I was glad when the horror one got on there. Yeah. I love Guillermo del Toro. Because I'm at like 74 or something. Love Guillermo del Toro. Don't like some of his movies and I really don't like his sense of taste in movies. It's a, he's just too into like childhood fantasy whimsy and stuff. I don't know, man. But he also, he likes everything. Yes. I, I think every movie he sees, he's like, it's a miracle. And I'm like, yes, it is. Because it's really hard to do this. Because <laughs> it's but, art. So everything yeah. is a miracle. Yes. Sure. But I'm glad they added the horror one. So how many have you seen on the horror list, Josh? Uh, I'm at 33% on it, which is not that high. But uh, I am watching like silent horror movies now. I downloaded Dante's Inferno, um, The Man Who Laughs, a bunch of stuff like that recently. It's not silent, but have you, have you seen The Old Dark House? That's one of my favorite movies Yes. Ever. Yeah, I that is fantastic. So have you seen Have you seen Shh, The Octopus? No. It's so fun. It's like a riff on the old dark house, but it's like a goofy one. It's really oh. fun. Add it to the list. There you go. From 1920. What is, when is it from? It's oh, I like, found it. I found it. I found it. Okay. Oh, is that Sherlock Holmes? Or just someone pretending to be Sherlock? It's a okay. Sherlock Holmes type. Gotcha. On the list. Yeah, I'm closer uh, on stuff because I use my letterbox kind of like I use my Goodreads, like everything I've ever seen that I can think of because I was on IMDb forever. And so I had records from very far back and I moved everything over because I wanted to see. To remember like what I've seen and what I haven't. You transposed your entire IMDb to letterbox. I did. Wow. Some How of long them, did that I, take? It was a long time, but it was like after, right after, um, see, now my computer's making noises. Um, it was like after we were stuck at home and I was like constantly waiting for something bad to happen. So it gave me a, like a process and something I could control. So, yeah. Cause I also was on IMDb and have hundreds of ratings on there and then started letterbox like a year and a half two years ago something like that and i i considered it briefly and i was like i can't do this and also i started my imdb when i was like 17 or something there's some preposterous movie rankings in there where i'm like what the fuck was i thinking giving sinister a nine out of ten <laughs> Okay, Sinister's good though. It's not nine out of ten. I like I, the first two thirds of Sinister. I would say are a nine out of ten, and then a bunch of stupid bullshit haunted house kid stuff starts happening, and I'm I'm checked out on it. Also, Sinister has one of the most nauseating final shots in any movie I've ever seen that like makes me despise it. Spoilers for Sinister. It's the final shot where Bagul, it's like a frame down a highway or down a hallway. And then Bagul's head from the side of frame just goes. It's oh, it's so dumb. 
It's so dumb. I wanted to punch the movie. Did you see the sequel? Yeah, it was really bad. It'll make you appreciate it, the first one more. I know. Poor Shannon Sossaman. Everything was looking so, so optimistic for her when she was in The Knight's Tale. Mm-hmm. And then it all went downhill from there. And uh, Rules of Attraction, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. She was also an awards presenter on Mr. Show. And Paul F. Tompkins was talking shit about her in the commentary because she was trying to do like a little riff on stage where she would like fake hand him the trophy and then pull it back. And he <laughs> talked about how annoyed he was with her. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we got back to the <laughs> Den of Thieves. We got the bar. We got the cops. We got the robbers. Um, the oh, cops wait, there was High School Football was before that, though. The first. No, that's, that's the other movie. No, it's in both movies. It's in that's both the movies. whole point. Oh, right. Oh, gotcha. In the, the first whole... bar scene, he brings up High right, School Football. Right. He's like, didn't you play for whoever? And he's like, no, man, you don't know me. Number 55, right? That's how I remember you. We wore the same number, 55, right? I went to South Torrance. Yeah, we played you guys a couple of times. Yeah, you and all those fat-ass Samoans. Yeah, they were big, but man, lazy motherfuckers. Yeah, probably all that spam. Yeah, we fucking crushed you guys. Crushed you guys when I was there. Crushed you guys when you were there. Still crushing you guys. Got family here, bro. Don't really appreciate you popping off. All right, all right, man. You get all aggro, was I being rude? Hey, was that being rude? And then that same scene happens later because he does it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. But that's that's really weird because L.A. County must have 65 high school football teams. <laughs> how, could, how could Nick remember that? And they're clearly not the same age as him. He's yes. saying, yeah, no, as Nick an adult is... man, I was trolling high school football games. Which Nick does seem about 10 years sense. older than them, right? He is not. And well, and then O'Shea Jackson Jr. is clearly much younger than even everyone else. Like that's part of the well, he's younger than the older, the guys in charge or whatever. Is he Donnie, the bartender? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's Ice Cube's. Son. I liked him in this. I don't know what else I've seen him in. Did you see Straight Out of Compton? I did not. He was in Godzilla King of Monsters? I think I yes. saw that one. Uh, I don't know. All, these modern Godzilla movies, man. Hey, hey, they would just hey, watch it. Watch it. Okay. <laughs> In the most recent Godzilla movie, the stuff with Friday Night Lights and Stranger Things mm-hmm. is so annoying and bad. And like, just get your family melodrama out of my end of the world monster movies. Hey, was that oh. in the last one or that was in the one before? Was that I in King know. of Monsters? It's especially in um, King of Monsters, but there's I needed him to die immediately. Like he was so Friday annoying. Friday Night to Lights, me. Kyle? Yes. So annoying yeah, to me. Yeah, that guy it's not I was good. like I didn't like any good. of the people stuff. I liked all of the monster stuff. Mm-hmm. Like more Mothra, please. Yeah. So stop 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 making these movies human-driven stories. Just make them a monster-driven stories with, like, a few surplus human characters here or there. And in the last one, I felt bad for Brian Tyree Henry that he was stuck with those annoying children. 
I was like, God bless oh. him. He should be in all the movies, but this is not the one. These annoying children. I've blocked that out of my mind. I don't even remember what you're talking about. Uh, that, Kong versus Godzilla. That was my first movie back after COVID at the theater. What a way to go back. My first movie back was Army of Darkness. No, not Army of Darkness. Oh, that's so <laughs> Army sad. of the Dead. Yeah. Whatever that oh, heist that's movie right, yeah. was. That was also on Netflix, but I just really wanted to see something in theaters, so I went and saw it, and it sucked. Oh, Josh, were you also thinking of um, Statham, Wrath of Man, yes. while we were watching oh, this? Yes, of course. That would have been a really good pairing with Den of Thieves, also. Because you also have the, like the spoilers for Wrath of Man, right? The military stuff? Yes. Yeah. And the armored truck stuff and a heist at a money facility. Mm-hmm. I think it's what happens. It's, it also, is I was positive that Neil McDonough was in um, Hurricane Heist. And now I have no idea what movie I was thinking of instead. Who would you have been? One of the bad guys? Oh, I, I, I was think. I think somehow I got Neil McDonough. He's, I think he's the main bad guy in Game Over Man, the workaholics movie, which was fucking atrocious and terrible. I think he plays like the gang leader in that one of like they're doing a casino heist and he's the lead in that, I think. I don't know. That movie sucked. I loved Workaholics mm-hmm. until I hated it. Mm-hmm. First two seasons of Workaholics, so good. And then it's like, they forgot how to be funny, and they could only be gross and crude. And that's that, just not funny. What's that noise I keep hearing? It's my computer. And I don't know what, I don't know how to fix it. Sorry. What is that? I think it's the fan, but it's not, I don't know. Sounds like it's not fanning. That's a computer noise? Yes. Well, that's concerning. I know. It was fine earlier, and then now this. It sounds like a disk drive, but I don't have a disk drive. You know, like when it's trying to read the thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's something weird. You um, want to pause and try restarting your computer and see if it'll... Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's go ahead and pause. Okay. So when Nick and the gang arrest this guy and they're they don't arrest him, they kidnap him and tase him and knock him out in the truck. Nick slaps him like 35 times <laughs> in this hotel room. <laughs> Poor Donnie's sitting there. Uh Jen, we were just going over I guess I watched the extended cut of this movie, which had like nine additional minutes and so i was going through it and it's just basically they cut a lot of the crudeness of the movie so like the part where nick walks out of the room with the prostitute and says it's your turn that part's cut out the next little part here where a guy asks him if he wants a blowjob that's cut out <laughs> it's like really random cuts to make this an an r-rated movie regardless or just more palatable that was one thing that uh, when I was reading about it, I thought was weird that the um, like one of the advisors 
Nick is based on him and that that squad is based on him. And I'm like, do you think it's showing you in a good way? And if they cut those kinds of things, maybe that was what it was for. They thought, oh, the cops are too bad. That could, I mean, it's, it's interesting that Gerard Butler talked about how you want to feel the conflict because I don't feel Mm-mm. any conflict at all about who the good guys are and who the bad guys are in this movie. I mean, yes, I know that the good guys start the movie by killing cops, but they didn't kill the donut shop owner. Right. Right. And he says that's because they're military and they're taught to kill uniforms, not civilians. But right. then they shot in the, when all the, at the end, jumping ahead through all those cars that people are in and they're just like duck i guess yeah Yeah, that i was surprised that we didn't get any like civilian collateral damage in this movie where you would see just random passengers in those cars getting ripped apart by bullets it's almost like they didn't they wanted to show the violence but they didn't want it to be too much of a bummer in this movie right one thing I did think they did, though, was, especially in that last scene, all of the um, injuries, it felt like they really hurt. Like, when they got shot in the knee and, like, the pain that all of the people who got shot were going through, it felt real instead of just, oh, they got shot and they died or they got shot and they kept running or whatever. Like, they all seemed, it seemed there was weight to the yeah, violence. When- when Merriman gets shot through the fence and you see it go like at the side of his bulletproof armor where there's, I guess there's just like a patch of cloth only there or something. But yeah, I, I could, I could feel that bullet go mm-hmm. through that fence and hit him there. Um, and also that one dude who gets shot straight in the kneecap. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. He's not walking right ever again. No. So he'll never play high school football again. (laughs) (laughs) He'll never run Omaha Red 22 again. (laughs) Have you all seen The Shield? Yes. Uh, Much, most of it. Most of it? Yeah. You didn't finish The Shield? No. Um, That was back when I was watching things on actual cable. Oh, Josh. Yeah. Tisk, tisk. The shield is amazing. I've seen all of Sons of Anarchy, though. <laughs> Jen, do you want to co-host the show with me <laughs> permanently? <laughs> Get Josh out of here. Call it Houston. You gotta watch CA. the shield. The shield is the all-time greatest. Boy, these cops are pieces of shit, aren't they? Show ever where mm-hmm. it does. You do get that conflict of like Vic Mackey of. Well, he gets stuff done. But he's also a fucking lunatic who literally, like, tortures people and shoots cops and all sorts of things. And, like, he's just a complete rampaging piece of shit. But you're well, still slightly compelled to cheer for him. And maybe that's what this movie is missing a little bit. It's like, even though I love Gerard Butler, and I do love Gerard Butler because we don't have action stars like him anymore. He's the only guy out here making Geostorms and Olympus Has Fallen and Den of Thieves and like all of the dumb 80s action that I grew up loving, 80s and 90s action movies. It's like suddenly people started to look down their noses at them and be like, oh, the, the plot doesn't make sense or oh, this isn't 
whatever you're you know that's not real acting or that's not cinema or it's and i like gerard mm. butler just like yeah fuck it it's fun though mm-hmm. makes money <laughs> that's what i do um showing my age but have either one of you seen homicide life on the street yeah that was my favorite cop show yeah that was a good one it was but- all about like good cop bad cop in the interrogation room I've never heard of that one. It's Andre Brower is was in it, like, and Yafet Kodo. Um, you mean Brooklyn Nine Nine? <laughs> sounds like it, but no. That's kind of why I think that's how he got the Brooklyn Nine Nine part because he was so, uh, like, famously on Homicide. That's that show. Uh, the same guy that did The Wire, though. It's mm-hmm. based on his reporting in Baltimore. Yep. Body more Murderland. David something? David Simon. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. Um, so I love I, I don't know if you did you guys get the shot where we go to um one of the cops' houses and all the cops are hanging out in the garage lifting weights and boxing in the driveway? That that that's that's must that's have been the in robbers. the robbers. We get one of the are robbers. In- 50 cents garage oh no it was the robbers yeah yes um that that would suck to have those guys as neighbors (laughs) Mm -hmm. that would just be the biggest bummer and it reminded me of um connie our previous guest Mm -hmm. she has a fight club across the street from her and a couple doors down (laughs) it's just like it's some kind of weird property that has some kind of commune of sketchy dudes who are out in the front yard doing weird shit all the time. Yeah. And the, you know they would always be in the garage with the garage door open trying to intimidate people. That's one of the crews that I've worked with here Like, um, does a lot of stunt work. And they prep their stunt stuff like... The guy literally puts mats all the way down his driveway and there's guys out there fighting with like fake swords and fake guns and throwing each other around. Uh, And in this like uh, it's in a a cul-de-sac in a neighborhood. (laughs) And I'm like, you're annoying like seven people, like seven households right now because you're the center of this circle of houses. (laughs) It's amazing. Okay, um, if if I knew it was all for fake and for stunt performing, I might be into it then and be like, oh, that's pretty damn cool. But if it's just a bunch of sketchy dudes out there, like, looking up blueprints and punching <laughs> each other. <laughs> Playing samurai. Uh, so wait, so Sean, in yours, they were working out? Because I don't think we actually got them doing we anything. Did. Besides, oh, did uh, we? 50 Cent was lifting weights and... Pablo Schreiber. I don't know what he was doing, but I enjoyed watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I like that was when... a super short scene because then we get another scene later with the prom date. And oh, that's yeah. another that's, okay. The but they, there was a scene, scene before that too. The prom date scene made me cringe. Yeah, because it's just, it's just so like, so douchey bro thing of like. Let me take you to the garage. And then all the guys are like mean mugging. It just it just felt so hokey and stupid to me. I, I don't know. My favorite bit was after they intimidate this 17-year-old boy, 
all these large bank robbing men high five each other. Like, yay, that, we did it. <laughs> that was the part that like made me just laugh out of cringe was then they're all like, yeah, we did and, like, it. Uh, cheering and bro hugging and stuff. It just, it, there's a lot of testosterone in this movie. And this was a part where it, it overfloweth from the cup. Well, and I think that was what they were trying to get at was the whole like team, like multiplying the, cause he said at one point, um, Gerard Butler said, we're like a gang, only we have badges. That might not have been him. It might've been another one, but I think it was him. No, that, he had the tattoo. He but showed he him said, the tattoo and yeah. he says yes. that. Yes. Yeah. He said, we're, not, we're like a gang, only we have badges. You're not the bad guys. We are. That wasn't that first um, taking Donnie to the hotel room scene where they were smoking, even though there was clearly a no smoking sign in the hotel room. That's because they're bad guys. They're, oh. I know they're rebels. Did you see? <laughs> um, but the whole uh, team sport thing, it wasn't even just football. Later on, it was another sport, too. And the cop thing and the military thing, I think they were trying to get at, like, that bonding thing and the um, needing a leader, like, needing a team captain that for them to follow. And it was, but it was so over the top, especially in that garage scene where it's like, oh, my God, stop. But I know guys that I like, I feel certain that there are people in my neighborhood that are not robbing banks, maybe, but just shy of that. I also think it makes me cringe thinking back on like when I was a younger brother meeting sisters, boyfriends for the first time and trying to do my own little bit of like craziness one way or the other or like intimidate the guys. <laughs> one one guy showed up and I was probably like 13 years old with my buddy and we went down to the bottom of the driveway with our BB guns and we made him give him our his wallet. We made him give us his wallet. So we took his wallet and then I just went back inside and put it down and just forgot about it. And he didn't, he was too like shy to ask for his wallet back. So he just like left and then the next day he's like, oh, your brother took my wallet and I need it. <laughs> so it's like a whole thing. She had to pay for that date, you know. Yeah, I, I, I had probably backfired on me, right? Yeah, in some way. <laughs> uh, Most of my plans do. The director of this also was the writer of London Has Fallen. Mm-hmm. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. So the guy that owns the bar, Ziggy, mm-hmm. or Donnie works. So he, um, Eric Braden has been on Young and the Restless soap opera for more than my lifetime, and I'm elderly. But um, the director, writer, is his son. Oh, okay. And so I I don't quite know exactly what's what, but, like, I watched an interview with um, Gerard Butler, who was a producer of the movie, and he went on and on about how great this director was. And he clearly knows his stuff. Like he was going over the top, trying to talk about how experienced he is. But then I'm like, but he never did anything else. Like I don't, and I don't, so I don't know if he's worked a lot without getting credit on stuff or you're just supposed to think because he's, his dad's an actor that he's, because his dad produces movies too. Like they'll come shoot movies in Texas, like little, like softcore westerns. And he's frequently the producer of 
those. I, they I'm come shoot them the, near me. <laughs> I'm surprised at the scope of this movie because for your directorial debut, I would not expect you to choose to do a two and a half hour like blockbuster Los Angeles heist epic. Where you've got all the um like outdoor like locations. It wasn't it couldn't have been Yeah, simple. this was not this was not like a little movie to get your feet wet with. There's a lot of shit happening in this movie. Mm-hmm. So there has to be more stuff than just whether it's nepotism or meeting people on movie sets or whatever that this guy clearly is there's he's got to have some connected something in his portfolio mm-hmm. that told people that he could do this because i do think it's it it's well made i wouldn't say this is a poorly directed movie in it no in not in any ways at all and it's complicated too with the flashbacks because like you you're talking about the heist was confusing well yeah because a lot of times the setup you see you understand what's going to happen way before and this they did it backwards oh yeah and there was get- one minute where the guy who gets killed during the armored van heist is suddenly alive again <laughs> walking around walking around talking about money i'm like wait a minute what's yeah who what who's so this ha- man with a jet black dyed goatee and hair so they had money before the armored truck heist because he was in that conversation about wouldn't you rather have thirty million? Yeah. Oh wait. Okay. Yeah, right? he was. Yeah. So. Oh no, I'm confused. That, that was like I was a fine. Random... I was fine until it, right I, now. I, I was so I thought I didn't think that scene was out of order until I realized that guy was dead, and then I'm like, wait, this scene is. This scene takes place before anything else in the movie, and I think it's the only time we get a shot like that that's like really out of the timeline well uh, the the car scene where donnie's driving like when they show you how donnie met merriman mm-hmm. is before all that oh right? that's good uh, that's a good point yeah did you ever play uh stuntman josh i'm so why do you game? assume i did it oh. rude why are you sexist did I you didn't. ever play stuntman jen i didn't i've never heard you, played, never played, heard you mention video games no i played grease too wait i'm sorry it's, it's not a video game it's not a video game <laughs> <laughs> just sang all the songs and found costumes costumes in my closet so in stuntman this whole scene where he's like driving and weaving through the the semi trucks and then drifting around corners and stuff Basically, it was the premise of the game was there's a bunch of cameras set up and the director wants you to squeeze through these trucks and then do a 180 and then jump over the bridge and blah, blah, blah. And it just reminded me very much of that. And earlier in the movie, when they take the armored truck and they drive it down the side streets and then they find the alleyway and they take the armored truck into that garage, that's straight out of Grand Theft Auto. Oh, yeah. Like I was trained to do this since I was 11 years old. You could do that. Okay, so I was watching the interviews, and um, they talked to O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Pablo Schreiber about that scene. Like, every interview they did, they asked him about that, and did you really get to drive? And he was like, yeah, I was in, we were both in the car. We were on a flatbed with no wheels, and they were driving 30 miles an hour. <laughs> but yeah, we were both in the car for that whole scene. <laughs> Tom Cruise... Tom Cruise has just, like, fucked everything up for everyone. Because now people are just like, 
Oh yeah, you took you took a stunt driving class, right? And you were out there risking your life for this movie, weren't you? He's the reason we'll never get a stunt team Oscar. Because the movie stars will fake it and say they did everything themselves. To be Thanks, fair, stunt, should, stunt performers should get Oscars, man. It's messed up. Uh, have, but shouldn't it go to the coordinator because for the whole movie? Well, uh, yeah. Who? I guess it goes to the whole team. Yeah. Whole what team do you think, Josh? You know better. I think the whole team should get one because, like the the people are actually the ones out there risking breaking it. bones and all that stuff for them. I just I watched like this if, movie. Stunts. If Mad Max didn't win one, right? Nothing will. Oh, gosh. I just watched this movie stunts with um, Robert Forster, yes. where stuntmen are getting like murdered on set, like they're somebody's messing up with the stunt, like the safety harnesses and stuff. It was good. Like it wasn't good, but it was good. <laughs> that sounds. That sounds popcorn kind of good. Mm-hmm. It's Unless it's a guitar playing a, movie, Sean. <laughs> I think Gorley was just talking about. There's a heist movie with stunt performers. And they like they use their stunt training in order to pull off a heist. Uh, I, I got to check it out, though. Is it the one uh, with Bob in it? I don't remember the name. I don't know, but I love that idea. It's like FX. Mm-hmm. Or the even better FX2. <laughs> Saw that one. Need to put it on so the list. So one spot that this movie, I think, missed a little bit of a mark in the heist movie is I love a good montage where you get a walkthrough of all the different security measures mm-hmm. and we get it in this one but it just wasn't it wasn't quite on that level where I'm like oh shit how are they going to do this that seems impenetrable or whatever mm-hmm. makes me th- basically I'm just thinking of like the first Ocean's Eleven but that goes all the way back to like um, Rafifi and stuff like that. Where I love that movie. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, when they when they put the hole in the um, in the floor, I was like, oh, I've seen this movie. <laughs> There's uh, another movie too, Madonna. Um, what is it called? Something on Madonna Street. I wrote oh, it down. It's uh, not pickup, is it? B- big deal on Madonna yeah. Street. They do the same thing, but they do it backwards. Spoilers for those movies that you'll probably never watch. <laughs> um but yeah the was I the only one who was really surprised when O'Shea Jackson is in in the cart cuz like, they didn't show you yeah they they didn't like lay any of that out so they're just wheeling him in there i was like what what is happening right now because they were trying to twist the ending so when at the end when they show you he had all the plans he had drawn pictures of those little boxes mhm but they saved that to the end, so you couldn't have known. Yeah, but they don't even show you um, uh, Pablo showing everybody. Like no. they save that till the end too. They see. This is where I think maybe I wanted a little bit more knowledge before the heist mm-hmm. to make the mm-hmm. the understanding of the heist, like the payoff, better. But they so um, wanted it to be a surprise ending that when they did he saved oh, sorry, it all. Jen. When did he pull the switch? When did he pull the money switch? And where where did he stash the real money? And how, you know, these are my questions. There goes my computer again. 
Yeah, like oh, that when was did a they long time s- without it. Yeah, I know. When did they switch the money out? When yeah. the with the styrofoam or whatever that when was. When did he double cross? And was his, his plan then was to always double cross this crew? Mm-hmm. So then it makes me wonder, like, did he want the plan in the highest ultimately to fail, or was he? hoping that they would actually get away scot but if they get away scot-free then when they open the trunk and see that the money is shredded paper they're just gonna kill him i don't know i I have a lot of questions or because his crew like the the guys he played soccer with were in on it Mm mm-hmm yeah, one even of those guys. The, did you even rush, though they were not his crew, like they were, it was all no, set was, up from the beginning. There was the there was the trash crew, and they were his. They were Donnie's double crossing crew. Did you notice? Did you either of you see the De Niro movie uh, Fifteen Minutes? Yeah, mm-hmm. with Edward Burns, and it's all about like two sadistic. Eastern European guys who like record their murders on film and then they become famous for them. Uh, the the driver of the dump truck, the bigger Russian guy, he was one of those guys in that movie. Also, Edward Burns, where'd you go? He also has that that really deep voice thing going on. Isn't he difficult to work with or something though? Um, I mean, based on the character no, he that's plays Edward in Saving Norton. Private Ryan, I would say yes. Edward Norton's a difficult one. Yes, that's right. I think Edward Burns is... Do you think too he his character in Saving Private Ryan was maybe from New York City? Could have been. Could have been. I don't know. They never mention it. <laughs> no. <laughs> He, he certainly doesn't have it written in giant bold letters across his back. Uh, Jen, I was so excited because I I, 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 was, I loved this pairing that I threw Hurricane Heist at you and then you threw back Den of Thieves and I was like, oh, that's random. I completely forgot that both of these movies are about money shredding. The Federal Reserve <laughs> and money shredding? Yeah, it's the what same. A w- these both came out in the same year, right? Mm-hmm. And they're both about shredding old unwanted money. And high school football. What was in the zeitgeist? Like, what was in the water in 2017, 2016, when people were writing these movies that made them think this? Would you be willing to serve divorce papers to Nick? Uh... Not if I had to be there. Oh, the guy, the server? Yeah. yeah. The server. People who serve papers in general, how do you get into that line of work? Do you, I, I think deep down, do you just love seeing people like have egg on their face or something? And that's like, this is the job for me. I just get to like every single day fuck someone's day up and they can't do anything about it. It, it feels like you'd be closely tied to the insurance adjuster. Like, you're mm. all, you're also seeing people on the worst day of their lives. That's your whole sh- thing is, uh, Hey, this sucks for you. I'm the official, like that's supposed to take care of this. 
Uh, going back to the scene where she's leaving him, that killed me. Like, that was the hardest scene for me to watch, where they're at the house and she's getting the kids and um, telling them they were leaving. And he was like, wait, 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 wait. And they were both so trying to act like they were being the bigger person and the better parent when they were both yeah, the, being the worst. Awful. The worst part is when... It- he refuses to let her open the car door. And then acts and like baits, he baits didn't her, do anything. Yeah, baits her into hitting him. Right. And then he's like, well, nice, nice, nice parenting in front of yeah. the kids or something. I was like, you fucking asshole, yeah. dude. Standing in her way and blocking her from leaving. Ugh. So Jen, in, in my version, the unrated one, there's a shot later where he's shopping in the grocery store. And he sees his wife and children also shopping. And she turns her back and walks the other way. And he just kind of looks forlorn near the pesto sauce. Bless him. But it wasn't his fault. Like, it was just the job that made him have to text a dancer. It's just just the job that made him have to have sex with strippers every night. Obviously. Uh, Do we... I don't think he sleeps, right? I think he just... Has sex with a prostitute, takes a shower, puts on some cheap cologne, smokes a cigarette, and goes back out for another day. And that's how he recharges his battery. Are you talking about with Pablo Schreiber's girlfriend? No, I'm talking about well, Big Nick. A, a different one. I know, but that was his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. This, yeah, this thing. So, um, We're all yeah. over the place. What I have the so many notes okay, before that. I was that. so confused. So, is this... <laughs> Is this Pablo Schreiber's girlfriend? Because Pablo Schreiber yes. walks into his house and Nick is walking out of it having had sex with a random stripper. But she's but not random. Nick, I know, but so Nick knew that she was his girlfriend. No. I don't Nick think Nick did so. not look surprised when Pablo Schreiber walked in the door. His male ego would not let him look surprised. <laughs> So confused because she approached him in the club and whispered. I know, to and him, then when I was like, she want he Schreiber wanted her to have sex with him, and yes, I don't know why. She just said, "I did what you asked me to," but why didn't she tip them to the false bank robbery? The false bank robbery, which was also a real bank robbery. Yeah, it's a double. It's a double blind. But what if they just never knew about that bank robbery to begin with? Why do they need to know that that bank robbery? These, this is why I'm like, man, this movie's really trying to be heat, but it's just not quite heat because there's a lot of shit that if you think about it for too long, nothing makes sense. It falls apart. Did you giggle when you saw the EMP device? And how it had blue LEDs all over it. <laughs> yeah, like the one piece of weird high technology in this movie. <laughs> it's glowing blue. <laughs> and we never saw like a montage of them testing an EMP or whatever. It's just like, no, we just, we have an EMP. That's, yeah, I like that they call out that we're going to need an EMP and then they just have one. You just get it off eBay. Um, moving along. Um, did we skip the gun so, range? Can yeah, no, I was gonna say. Range? So in Heat, we have a conversation, an iconic conversation between our two leads that kind of breaks down their entire character and their motivations and everything. 
In this movie, we just have two guys shooting guns really fast at the gun range. Well, Gerard Butler never fires a shot because Bobo Schreiber whips his out before Gerard Butler can even bother. And then just keeps shooting and shooting and shooting. How many clips did he use? Like, he just Four, kept putting five. more clips in. Yeah. They're all center cool, mass, though. too. Every single shot. I, and it was like, like he it. anticipated. Every time Gerard Butler was about to shoot, he, he did it instead. And then that clip thing back came back at the end. Like, when he put the empty clip back in the gun, because he wanted him to hear the sound. Mm-hmm. So, I think we're at the, the big heist now, right? But Gerard Butler sniffed himself. I wrote that down. I don't remember why. I also wrote, quote, take a piss on yourself. Question mark. I don't know where that came oh, from. Oh, the hostages. If, oh, if, yes. you, if, you, if you need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> take just... a piss on yourself. Okay. <laughs> I also said, that's why they cast the one little guy by comparison. O'Shea Jackson Jr. Like, none of the rest of them could fit in that box. In the oh, little cl- in the clear just, money they box. They just needed a little Every they needed a kind of a needs little a little guy, little guy a little who guy. can contort himself. Oh, yeah, like in Ocean's Eleven. Exactly. So, yeah, they, they take over the, the bank. They fake hostage execute one person in the bathroom. Uh, the FBI agent, who's a vegan, who later offers Nick organic gum. <laughs> what, is, what is this character? It's another way to show what real men are like and what real men are not like. I'm sure they thought they were being really clever. He's like John Cusack in uh, Con Air. Mm-hmm. Totally. He's off recycling his sandals somewhere, saving the rainforest. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's one of those in SWAT, too. One of these cops is in SWAT. Like, one of the, co- one of the guys on the cop group, I think. I I was trying to see if the one bald thief, I was really worried that he had, like, white supremacist tattoos on his neck. I couldn't tell. I, I honestly thought it was going to be like an HH on each side mm-hmm. of his neck or something like that. I was trying to figure it out. Could you read Merriman Schreiber's tattoo? He has a big tattoo across his entire chest that we look at. It gets about five minutes of screen time in this movie. I could not fucking read the thing for the life of me. I have no idea what his tattoo said. At one said. point, I figured it out, but then I didn't care about it anymore after I figured out what it said. But I, <laughs> it's probably the name of his football team. <laughs> <laughs> they talked to, in interviews, they also talked about the tattoos because they kept asking if they were real. And they were like, oh, yeah, they're all totally real. I really look like that. Who um, dipshit was doing this interview? Exactly. Well, they did lots of radio interviews, I think, because of the kind of movie it is, but then because of the whole Ice Cube 50 Cent thing. And so they were doing lots of radio interviews, and it was just, like, talking for half an hour. They were like, no, we had really good uh, makeup artists, but uh, we sweated so much that the seals would, like, <laughs> start coming off and the tattoos would start removing themselves from us. It seems like a huge pain in the ass to tattoo up your actors before every single day. Every single shot, whatever, making sure that all the tattoos are there and in place and not looking shitty. You have to have a tattoo wrangler for that. <laughs> no tattoos were injured, were harmed in the making of this movie. <laughs> okay, the bald guy, is he like a 
MMA guy or the English guy at the very end of this is Michael Bisping, who is an MMA fighter. He's the guy at the like the very final end, the last shot. The guy, the bald guy who's a thief, looks so familiar, and I forgot to look up who he is. Well, he looked like one of the guys in Hurricane Heist, like one of the bad guys in Hurricane Heist. I was like, oh, that's the same guy, but it wasn't. It just looked like him. Another thing about this movie that made me laugh and was such like an indicator of the time is that it relies on California have rolling brownouts. And that was, that was such a a specific period of time when that was like everywhere in the news with PG&A shutting down parts of California, parts of the grid here and there and stuff. And that being necessitated as a plot device, like similarly to our next movie, Hurricane Heist, it's just, it really cracks me up when the sheriff goes, all we needed was just one hurricane. <laughs> all we needed was just one hot summer day to brown us out and we'd be mm-hmm. good to go so after he gets out of the out of the money room and everything he goes to deliver the food and one woman is disgusted by her food and the other one just goes I don't know why you're so finicky and she <laughs> seems to just be down to eat this three day old Four-day-old room-temperature noodles. I don't know Ugh. what it is, but she seems cute. very content to eat it. Because yeah. he's cute. Cute will go a long way. She didn't want to complain because he's cute. <laughs> um. Yeah, so now he's going to get picked up, locked away in the car, and now we're basically moving to the very end of this movie with the... It's It's only fitting that this movie would end with not a car chase... But just cars stuck in traffic. Mm-hmm. What what a perfect description of LA. That's I remember I was watching this and had to pause and there was like twenty minutes of movie left. And I was like, how were there twenty minutes of this film left? Uh it should be like they either get away or they don't. And I didn't realize it's all shootout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to have 20 minutes of these guys just blasting at each other. And uh, Pablo Schreiber pulling out a gun that can shoot through five cars at a time. That was pretty cool, though. The it's, way he, he braced his arms. Gun. Mm-hmm. And, sh- he and like shoots. put it on the tripod and then, yeah. Yeah, and he shoots through his own car yes. to shoot them Mm -hmm. that's very cool pretty badass they so they said um in that last shootout every gun jammed they had been trained to shoot the guns and they were all excited and then in that last scene all the guns were jammed so they just had to pretend to be shooting Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool that's that's got to be sad get all jacked up to shoot Mm -hmm. some blanks on the day of well that's like in um Robert Rodriguez's first film, uh, he El, El Mariachi. El Mariachi. Um, uh, his gun, like he had the wrong size blanks for it, and it could only fire one at a time. So anytime you see an Uzi firing, uh, it's entirely done with editing and sound work because they he couldn't shoot more than one blank at a time. <laughs> I'm like, that's some <laughs> that is some good ass filmmaking right there. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh let's see here. who's her first 
Oh, the bald dude gets shot through the neck. He's down. Um, we get the knee shot. Knee Ugh. shot on the cop. And then 50 cents running across the the lot. He gets shot. I did... I did think the moment where the cop comes over to console him was interesting. I, I liked that choice, and I, I did find that moment to be out of place for this movie, but I liked it. Well, and they were trying to juxtapose, I thought, that, that scene with then the published driver death scene. Mm-hmm. Like, the relationship between the two co- between the cop and the robber, where it was like one of them was being comforting. Well, and that in 50 Cent's last moment, he was, like, asking for redemption. And Pablo Schreiber's like... I didn't understand his last line, his... His death dialogue. I did not understand. What I didn't he said understand what he said, but the other cop said, "Well, that's who you're with now." So he's like, "It was about God. Oh, so you're you're going to go yeah. to heaven." And then Pablo Schreiber, his last line was, "I told you so. Like I told you, I wasn't going to go to jail. Yeah, I and wouldn't cuff up." It was yeah. like one last fuck you. <laughs> uh, I, and you see that uh, that Los Angeles train going by. That I. I barely even know that exists outside of the movie collateral so it's kind of cool to see that again in the background mm. we get that one beautiful tear out of pablo sharper's eye when he's dying how did that he do that tear? it was i, was I don't know really, but it was like perfect I was and beautiful really impressed with that perfect little tear <laughs> running out of his face it was so pretty and this was the part where i was like the injuries look like they really hurt them like there's impact and yeah, I don't know how you put a squib on somebody's knee. Like, mm. if it's on the body somewhere, like, you wear kind of body armor underneath it and padding and stuff. But on your knee, it, feel, it feels like it would just actually blow your kneecap off. God. I like that it, it started and ended with shootouts. Mm-hmm. I thought they, you know, it didn't exactly end with the shootout, but it kind of did. Yeah, then there's... There's not really like a a second act shootout. It kind of starts and ends with a bang, and then in the middle is more just heisty stuff, and we kind of yeah. leave the guns behind for a while. It feels like the um, the bank scene is going to turn into one, but then they go through the floor. They subverted our expectations. Uh, my note for the bank scene was... I was so excited while watching this movie. I was just hyped up and I was like, it was all a ruse exclamation point. <laughs> the whole movie. Yeah. It's so fun. When they're walking into that bank, um, it made me think of the video game series payday mm-hmm. where it's just you and three friends suit up just like that. And you all wear tuxedos or whatever. And then you put your masks on and go, rob a bank and take down the cameras and zip tie all the people inside and steal the money from the vault. And uh, heists are just awesome, aren't they? That game is so stressful, though. Like, if I was on either side of a bank robbery, I don't think I'd be okay. Like, like I would just be too hyped no matter what was happening. I, if I was a victim, I would never stop screaming. I would just start crying and never stop. I'd be like, just kill me now. Kill yeah. me first. Get it over with. Yep. I don't want to pee myself. No, I don't want to piss on myself. I will never understand the bank manager or armored 
truck driver who tries to front bravery or doesn't doesn't follow instructions like the guy at the beginning of this who drives the armored truck pushes the button won't open the door that's that's not it's not like your family is in the back of the truck it's not even your truck christian slater's not opening the door either in hard rain like no it's my job i (laughs) well that's because he's a hero it's true I have that same shirt, Josh. I'm oh, glad do we you? didn't wear it. I'm glad we didn't wear it the same day. Yeah, how embarrassing that it would have been. <laughs> I know. Humiliating. It's, I want one that says Mike Flanagan rules, too, because they have that and Kate Siegel rules. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I have such a crush on them as a couple. Uh, so I like when they get back to their police vehicle and Donnie has gotten out somehow. And, uh, big Nick is just dumbfounded. He's like, what the hell? Uh, as if this shit doesn't happen to him all the time. Like everything that happens (laughs) to him is some ridiculous cop stuff. So of course this guy has gotten away from you. Has he ever been successful, Big Nick? <laughs> I feel like the answer is no. That's how he ended up where he is. Oh, I was very, um, it was very, uh, usual suspects at the end where like Nick is putting together all the puzzle pieces mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the, it, it felt a little ridiculous where he sees the sign that says like loose lips sink ships and he's like, oh, no. No, it couldn't be. <laughs> and just and then sitting at that bar putting it all together. It's weird because he has like a he has like flashbacks to things that he was there for, but also stuff that he wasn't there for. I was like, <laughs> why are you showing us when he first uh when we first met uh Donnie and he says, I'm in complete control of my environment from here. Like well, he was sitting there in the bar though, wasn't he? Was he there? I thought he walked in after that. No. No, he was at, I think he was at the opposite end of the bar. Okay. And he was watching those guys drinking. And so, going back to that scene, did he just luck out that the guy left his key card? Was he just waiting? That's his hurricane, is waiting for the Federal Reserve guy to leave his keys? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. <laughs> oh, I guess. Or he... Got a guy drunk enough to then boost it off of him. Something no, that like guy that. left them. They they yeah. made a big deal of showing the guy left his key card and he put him in the cash register. During that, I'm oh, in complete control right, of my environment. Right, 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 right. That's a good like you're call. not in control of that unless you did purposely get him drunk enough to leave his keys out. But, but what the hell? That's I've a very never sp- left my work ID out for the world. I that all those guys walking into the bar still having their name tags on their shirt pockets. <laughs> what are you dorks doing? They want everyone to know they work at the Federal Reserve. That's when I, I guess worked. Maybe it pulls chicks. When I worked, uh, there were no women there except with <laughs> his crew. Like, there's no women in this movie except no, for none the of wife them have and names. the two women who eat Chinese food and. Uh, Pablo Schreiber's girlfriend that yeah. he tells to screwed Gerard Butler. It's gross. I did what you asked. <laughs> and then he's like, mm-hmm. Like, no response. And we still don't know why. 
Yeah, not really. And then was it just the pissing contest of he wanted to walk in and be like, I did this to you? I don't know. I have no idea. Ha-ha. I don't understand. I, I, mean, I, thought, Nick, I thought Nick was trying to piss on him and be like, look, I just had oh, sex see, I with thought your it woman. Went, I thought it went the other way. No, because I don't. This movie could have been called Men. Get, get Gerard Butler on the phone. We got questions. Exactly. I did note that it was that it should be Toxic Masculinity, the movie. Exactly. <laughs> That's, that, really that would be is. a great subtitle for this. <laughs> Guys being dudes. So does any other you... Oh, boy. Patui spit that sentence out. You got this. So, do you guys have any last thoughts here on Den of Thieves before we wrap up this movie? Um, what would you give this movie? Oh, yeah, I didn't give it anything because... <sighs> I gave it a three and a half. Um, my ratings on Letterboxd vary wildly based on my emotions and whether I want to give something extra stars because it made me feel something. Um, but I like, to me, this and the Hurricane Heist, honestly, is kind of what happens when you cast good actors in not great movies. This movie could be so much worse than what it yeah. turned out to be. It could have been mm-hmm. uh, like Money Plane or whatever the hell that movie was yeah oh Oh, my gosh i'm right there with you for this is a three and a half i thoroughly enjoy this movie i'm engaged with it it's too long especially the eight minute extended kind this movie being 228 it's just too long so but other than that it's so much fun and i just i want to watch gerard butler eat more cheeseburgers and play kind of a piece of shit. Uh, have you seen cop shop? No, no. Oh, that's a uh, good Gerard Butler. Um, he's not as much of a piece of shit, but he, he definitely kind of sucks, but it's good shootouts. And it, I think it's faster. It's, it's a quicker movie, which is always good. It's so crazy to me because Gerard Butler, like when he first started out and he was in like um, Reign of Fire and one of the Tomb Raider movies, he's evolved quite a lot (laughs) since then and maybe not for the best. I don't know. Who is he in Reign of Fire? He's one of I'm only picturing Bale and McConaughey. McConaughey. And then there's the Irish guy with the scars on his face. He's in that. I can't remember his name. He's one of the guys in the village, like one of the good guys. Gotcha. But he goes back to... I haven't seen that movie in so long. uh, He was in Tomorrow Never Dies as well. I'd say I first noticed Gerard Butler probably in... On a kind of like rock and rolla, maybe. Mm. I was just thinking I need to rewatch that after watching both of these movies with the two two of the people from Rock and Rolla. I was thinking. Yeah, I, I was going to say that Rock and Rolla brings us a very nice transition mm-hmm. to our next movie. Uh, Josh, what's your rating on? Oh, it's three and a half. This you... is like a quintessential three and a half movie. Uh, 
And I don't mind the length because I feel like I could put this on and take a nap. You could definitely nap. And there's a good hour in the middle of this movie that yeah. would be prime time napping. And yeah, you still no, see both shootouts. Yes. Yeah. So up next, we're going to be talking about the Hurricane Heist, which features not only Gerard Butler, but Toby Kebbell. I love uh, him. From Our Rock second and appearance. And mm-hmm. yeah, Toby Kebbell has been on the show before when we talked about Dead Man Shoes. I need to watch in that. what is a polar opposite performance <laughs> from him, because I find in Dead Man's Shoes, he has a very difficult role that he pulls off with a touch of subtlety and grace, which would be very hard to do. And in the Hurricane Heist, he has an extremely easy role. And I think he fumbles it so hard. <laughs> and I don't think it's his fault. They should have just let him use his own accent. They let the other guy, the witch's dad, got to be Irish, and they explained away his accent. Mm-hmm. This is like when we when I watched The Outsider and Patty Considine, who's also in Dead Man's Shoes, it's all tied together. I love him, too. They have him playing like a strip club owner from the South, and instead of just making him like an English expat who moved to America, they try to make him a local. And so he's talking like this, and he's got a bit of a draw, and it's just... I was laughing at Toby Kebbell within three seconds of him talking in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I um, I wrote down one of my notes at some point. I think when they were having a conversation with the sheriff was... Movies like this should hire one dialect coach if the people are all supposed to be from the same place. Like, because Toby Kebbell, even he evolved. There were a couple of moments where I was like, oh, because I'm from Georgia, like South Georgia. And so, and my family's from Georgia and Alabama. And so there were moments where I was like, oh, wait, he said that word, right? Yay for him. <laughs> but then at one point he sounded like he was from Savannah. Like he got all low and slow. And I was like, no, honey, <laughs> stop. <laughs> he He's dropping in and out of the accent. And it also just seems on like if any kind of action is happening, his accent is gone wow. out the window. <laughs> there was lots of wind. It was hard. Um, so my what? my connection between these two movies was um, Hurricane Heist was the first movie I ever watched because a podcast told me to. So when it was on um, How Did This Get Made, I watched it. And I love... Um, natural disaster movies anyway so i would have eventually gotten there anyway but on that episode jason manzoukas was like if you want to watch a good heist movie watch den of thieves and so then that was how i watched den of thieves was because of hurricane heist i think i i was excited for hurricane heist but manzoukas is definitely why i watched den of thieves so i'm right there in the exact same boat with you he was so excited about it this was like all right hell yeah i'll check out gerard butler doing that the uh, alt title for Hurricane Heist is Category 5. That's, that's a I bad just, title. Yeah, I just love it. It's so stupid. It's, it's stupider than Hurricane Heist. Mm-hmm. Hurricane Heist is a dumb title, but at least you know what you're in for. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Category it's like snakes five. on a plane. Category 5 for me makes me think of like a, a classified government 
like it's a category five kind of alien. Oh, see, I was thinking like a sci-fi Sunday afternoon movie, like sci-fi S Y F Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sci-fi, where it's just like generic weather movie, which is kind of what this is. It is, but there's a heist of the, mo- of the money that's couple- going to be shredded and football. There's a couple so, of great scenes in this movie, though. Well, let's start with just the start of this movie, which I was cackling just with the beginning of this movie. We have these brothers, Will and Breeze. Wait, you went right kid- over the weather sounds. We start with the title blowing away in the wind and weather sounds. I like all of the little subtitles blowing away in the wind. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the kid's name is Breeze. But he's not Their even the one that's into the weather. He's not the weatherman. He's the I football know. one. I know. It doesn't make sense. The one named Breeze is working as a mechanic, and the one who's a weatherman is named Will. Come on. Come on, movie. I swear... I swear that was a mistake somehow. And then they're like, oh shit, did you call him Breeze on day one? Oh no, no, we can't go back. We've already wrapped on the dad actor. He can't come back. (laughs) So the dad's driving these kids through the storm, gets the truck stuck. Wait, but But before that, he told them to calm down and not fight by talking about going through their football plays. Pushing 80, son. If we get caught, it's all your fault. Was not. Was so. You just had to screw around with that stupid cat. I'm glad it broke. You want me to punch you in the mouth? Boys, knock it off. Do something constructive. Why don't you practice your football plays? Ouch! He hit me! Freeze! Yes, sir. Here's a good one. Red Dog Omaha 22. Why not that one? It's a hook and lighter play. We're flanking each other. Watch out! What? I died. What does that mean? Go over your football plays. <laughs> so they're just sitting in the car going, Red Dog Omaha 22. Hut, hut. Just like, what? That's not practice. What are you guys doing? And then, so the dad gets the truck stop. He's like, boys, you'll be safe in the house. If they're safe in the house, then why is the dad so desperate that they must get back to the truck? Then this farm just happens to have a a tow truck parked in the front yard that he's able to use the winch of? I don't know what's going on in this. They were telling you from the very beginning what was going to happen to the boys when they grew up. One was going to be a tow truck driver and one was going to be a a synoptic meteorologist. Ooh. And also one sleeps in a chair with a football in his arm. So don't forget about that football football. thing. (laughs) No, he's very into the football. He's got tiny bottles of booze and football. So when the kids are looking out the window and they see their dad (laughs) fucking around with a winch and then you see the water tank rolling towards him. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. That hurricane murdered him. It meant it was going to kill him. That hurricane murdered that dude. So, but it, just before that, little Willie, who grows up to be the weatherman, I wrote, I heart tiny, spiteful Willie. When he turns to his brother and says, 
it's still all your fault. I was like, yes. These, these kids, their accents it. are fucking hilarious. I think they went to Ireland and brought children over to America. <laughs> or they shot the whole thing in Bulgaria or some such. Because, no. <laughs> these, yes, I would not be surprised if these were two Eastern European children <laughs> picked up from the streets and thrown into this movie. But, oh, the house tips over after their, get, their dad gets smashed. And uh, it makes me so happy when the kid sees the skull in the clouds. It, <laughs> it makes murder. me so happy. It's the best part. It's yes, like, that was everything. It's like my favorite. We've watched... We watched some literal masterpieces on the show, <laughs> and yet still, I think the most artistic thing I've ever seen is that storm in the clouds that the kid's watching. Are you telling me that and Seven Samurai wouldn't be better it. if there was a skull in the clouds? I guarantee you. Yes, seven. that's what Seven Samurai was missing. That's why I only gave it a four and a half. If he'd looked down in the water and it'd been like, death. Uh, have you guys, when that house flips over, it reminded me of this movie called Cougar with an exclamation point after it. Mm. Yes. Well, could, you didn't read the title correctly. Cougar. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen it. No, uh, never okay. So Cougar. It sounds like is season two of 24. This. <laughs> it's, Thank you. I forgot about that. Oh my gosh, that was like an instant flashback to that. Um, oh, oh wait, does his daughter get stalked by a mountain lion? Yes, Kim and the Cougar. Yep. Uh, Remember when Jack Bauer kicks heroin in about ninety minutes? He's so he goes good at like everything. An, he, he goes through an hour of with. He goes through an hour of withdrawal. <laughs> it's like oh, it's a relief that that's over with now. But uh, Cougar is a movie I've always remembered. It was on like a Sunday afternoon and uh, it's two kids whose parents are gone for some reason and a cougar gets into their house and then the house gets swept away on the river and like floats down the river with these two kids with the cougar in the next room. And I think there's also some bad guys chasing them for some reason. It's like Life of Pi, but in a house, and then with some some robbers or something as well. And when are we going to pair this with the movie Burning Bright? Exactly. Oh. Do you know Burning Bright, Josh? I do not. Burning Bright, I think Garrett Dillahunt is the piece of shit dad mm -hmm. in Florida somewhere. And he just happens to have a tiger and two children, one of which is autistic. And then a gigantic storm hits them, and the two kids are trapped in a flooded house with a tiger. Oh my gosh. That would be, so, that's perfect. Uh, I, I think we just figured out our movie that we're going to do some, or the uh, next episode sometime this summer. I love it. That'd be, that would be a perfect double. Um, I like the, hey, let's meet the whole gang. Little, it's not a, quite a montage, but how it goes through and just, uh, we're like, let's not waste any time with like any shit. We know what we're getting into. It's a silly action movie. You just have to know who the people are. Well, one of the guys is Chris Finch from The Office, 
also from The Witch. Uh, I think his name's Ralph Innocent or something. I can't remember mm-hmm. his name. Um, does this man have the deepest voice of any human being? It's lovely. He's also, it, isn't he one of the voices in The Green Knight? Isn't he The Green Knight? Oh, yeah, I think he is. Right? He very well could be. Um, I, I Just listening to him, I could listen to him all day. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. Thomason, Thomason. I you wrote, shall not disrespect the church. I wrote, the witch's dad, beautiful, gravelly voice. I am Irish. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's uh, in Green Knight. He's in The Northman. Mm-hmm. He's in Macbeth. Yes, th- those are, yep. that's the four movies I've watched him in this year. But yeah. he'll always be David Brent's piece of shit friend, Chris Finch, from the original office, whenever I see him. I forgot that that was him. Yeah, Is it the David the... Keckner part? Yes. The American one. Yeah, it's the Todd Packer, the English mm-hmm. Todd Packer, just the like the fucking worst guy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this so evacuation also... path sucks. Like they diverted everyone onto a two lane road, and they're both still going two directions. Yeah, and then like the 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 trucks that get into an accident. Yeah, and then and this... then she murdered people. She <laughs> she totally she murdered them. <laughs> because they're going to die in the hurricane, and it's all yes. her fault because she's a maverick. She's a lunatic. Maggie Grace of Lost Fame mm-hmm. and Taken Fame, whatever. Mm-hmm. And The Fog. Uh, yeah. Oh, like, God. You're a fucking lunatic pushing these cars yeah. out of the way and driving, and then crushing some poor farmer's farm, mm-hmm. and then just laughing about it and be like, less cancer in the world. Fuck you, tobacco growers. She is not a team player, and they want you to know that from the very beginning. Okay, our introduction to Will as an adult, Toby Kevill. Again, we are. I already said that this movie has my favorite thing in it with the skull. My second favorite thing in any movie I've ever seen is, is Toby Kevill first... He doesn't fly one drone. He flies two drones at the same time. Why does it need to be two drones? Okay, but my favorite thing was his sandwich safe inside of the destructor. What is it called? The How long does it take this man to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that and he makes them a them. week in advance? He labels them and then puts them inside his safe, inside the car. But you got to just be eating, like, the moldy shit by... If you make those sandwiches on a Sunday by Saturday, that's got to be a nasty-ass sandwich, right? Mm. And soggy. Even if it's well, not moldy, it's soggy for sure. When he looks at the clouds, <laughs> he goes, They're underestimating you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean, also, where are those drones going? I don't know. They're like the ones in Twister and they're going to the middle of the... They're (laughs) acting like it's Dorothy from Twister. Yeah, Yeah, but he's just... They they don't show him do anything with them. I don't know. They lift off. They hit towards the hurricane. Oh my god. He's like, fuck them drones. There's so much exposition at the start here. Where like when Will calls the guy at the the meteorologist lab and he's Mm -hmm. like, listen, Will, I know you're a world class meteorologist, but I've never met anyone who's so afraid of the thing that they're fascinated with. And it's just like, okay, movie. (laughs) All right. This is like intro to screenplay right here. 
But then the people in that lab, they're so competitive. Like he's pitting the workers against each other, the boss, because the woman is like, oh, wait, let me solve the problem. But it's all they're all being competitive. It's weird. <laughs> um, later on, when Maggie Grace is talking to some guy, more exposition, the guy in the webcam goes, don't forget that 600 million is your responsibility until it's shredded. Oh, okay. Don't forget the one job that I have. Okay. Sure. No, she does all the <laughs> and jobs. We get the whole she the, does like, that and she thing. drives the truck and she resets the safe. Mm-hmm. She does all of the jobs. Because that's how these Jill things work. Trades. No redundancy. You have it. You leave everything up to one person who is barely holding on to their job because they screwed up something else. Everything's on her iPad. Yeah. Somehow she killed people in Utah. Yeah. That's all we know. Just something in Utah happened. Who knows what? Okay. She also clearly is having an affair with her boss in Alabama. Oh, yeah. For sure, right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) They, 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 like, hold hostage and all that, and something oh the agent oh yeah that guy okay because she was like oh because she confronts him and then he she's like oh we're gonna keep it professional okay i see and then when she talks to the other guy she like goes and hides from him like Mm -hmm. so they she doesn't get her channels crossed i think yeah she's she you know what she might as well be a dude because she kind of sucks she's crazy She's ramming people off the road. She's having affairs. Yeah. they. It was probably written for a man. And then they were like, because of feminism, we'll cast a woman. We'll say it's for feminism. But really, feminists will know that that's some bullshit. Women can be shitty, too. She would too. fit in well with Big Nick and the gang. Uh-huh. This is true. She's the kind of wild card they would love. Yeah. Um, okay. So- so we skipped over meeting the um, the hackers who are my, gonna, my next my next my next point okay, was so going sorry. to be what's up with these hackers? They're wearing evening wear. Like yes. what is her dress? Why? They Why? She's dressed. She's dressed like an influencer going to the Met. And then they use hacking words that I feel like they just made up, like crufty and shunting. I'm like, I've seen a movie that has shunting. And that's Shun- not Wait, what I was going to say. Like. Society, right? Yes. yes. The shunting is totally different. <laughs> I don't think you do that to a computer. I don't think that's how it works. Uh, cr- cruft okay, what is f- totally a word. Okay, cruft? I did look that one up, but I didn't okay. want to look up shunting because I didn't want to like mess up my algorithm. What yeah. in God's name is on the back of that man's hands? More. Did you see his hands? He has like. Silver bullshit on the back of his hand and on the back of his fingers. It's like weird silver plating, which is not in on his hands later in the movie. Super weird. Ooh, maybe he had internet fingers. It seemed like I thought that was going to be it, but she's like an American influencer who doesn't seem to do much of anything, and he, I don't. Is if I don't know if he's supposed to be English or just mm. generic European, but the the two of them are fucking hilarious. And I feel like as soon as they walked on site anywhere, a security officer would just be like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> These people are suspicious." As Why would fuck. you let them in? Yeah, they. I was. I wrote. 
goddamned hacker language. And then I wrote, Sasha is a mumble mouth. Tell us to hate them without telling us to hate them. Like she goes out, they go out of their way to be like, these are the worst. Like feel bad for the other criminals, but these two, Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When, when they almost have a moment later at the end of the film, uh, I was like, no, (laughs) no. Why, why, why is this movie at the very end? Suddenly trying to be like, oh, care about the hackers, please. Please care about the hacking team. It's like, no, movie, Absolutely fuck you. Not. I'm not caring about these people. <laughs> Just because late. she's a woman does not mean like I'm like worried about her survival. Kill her. And they get, you know what? They get twisted, but they don't explode. I think I was missing that. Carrie Elwes explosion to their death. They just get like sucked up and transported off to the land of Oz, never to be seen or heard from again. The munchkins would murder them for sure. <laughs> I do like the fact okay, that... Okay, so let's... Should we introduce uh, Ryan Quentin as the other brother, Quentin? Breeze! And he's Australian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Australian. It seems like he's just doing his true blood accent here. So. Another show where they did not get the same dialect coach for everyone who's never left the town. Like, they should all talk the same, but they don't. No, because you get some like, I grew up here in Bontal, and then other people, <laughs> I grew up in Bontal in the end. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Again, everybody's from Savannah. Like, they don't know what to do. They're either a hick or they're from Savannah. I'm like, no, stop. I just started writing the word football. Like, it's all over my notes. Every yeah. time they brought up anything about football. <laughs> When he mentioned he was the star quarterback. Well, Breeze is sleeping in a chair with a football in his arm. And, uh... How do you feel about his coffee? I was gonna say, I love when a movie... This movie introduces this character as a supreme alcoholic without any reason to do so. It doesn't ever come up. He it, murdered it doesn't his matter. With his kite. <laughs> That's why he's drinking yeah. Buffalo Trace and instant coffee in the morning. And he s- stirs it with his finger. Like, I was waiting for him to get out a toothbrush and brush his teeth with that shit. Like, it was disgusting. <laughs> Thank you for calling out the Buffalo Trace product placement, where they have it like an angelic light coming through the window behind it as he, <laughs> as he swigs from the bottle with the label towards the camera perfectly. Yeah. I also spotted a nice bottle of Dasani water in mm. uh, Den of Thieves. So yeah, they're brothers, huh? And brothers, brothers don't don't get along sometimes in movies. Actually, I don't think brothers ever get along in movies unless you're four brothers. But they were adopted. Did brothers. they get along, or did they exactly? Fight the whole they were time? adopted. They did get along, but they were adopted. Mm. Doesn't count. So, all right. So we're going to move into the... So the part with the heist, um, I I, I like that Finchie just wants to take everyone out without casualties because these are his co-workers. However, the sound of the dart guns was making me giggle every time they got shot because it's just like pew, 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 pew. Yeah, the dart guns made me very happy. 
also during that like what are they is that like an incursion when they're breaking into the place uh and the guy throws the brick on the gas pedal would that does that work has anyone ever thrown a brick on a gas pedal to see if it would make your car go i feel like it would but then i also questioned what was the point of that because that accomplished nothing <laughs> he crashes the car into another car he doesn't take out any security guards it mm-hmm. accomplished nothing except for it, it it took away a chunk of the movie budget. <laughs> they might have had something in the contract that they needed destruction every however many minutes. And the hurricane itself wasn't enough? Well, they hadn't had the hur- The hurricane hadn't started yet. That's true. It's just raining and stuff. Yeah. It's hard rain. Um, so the power's out, the generator's down, so we gotta go get the mechanic brother. Um, okay, and so this is the- where I wrote CGI bullet holes through the garage door. Oh, yeah. When they're shooting, and then it's just like fake light coming out of holes, and the it really struck right. me as being so fake. <laughs> and then you go outside, and it's like overcast, and there's no light. Yeah. yeah. But there's all the light is coming through the fake bullet holes. Yeah, it looks like the end of, um, uh, Blood Simple when he shoots through the wall and there's just light blasting through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When when Breeze is watching her when they pull back up and she's running through the parking lot with her gun out. <laughs> Such a weird moment. He's watching her with the pistol and he just he nods approvingly and says, "That's how it's done." Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um. The oh, and then they do so. They do the same rescue move twice in two minutes here, where uh, Maggie Grace is getting shot at. One of the brothers whips the car around with the passenger door open, picks her up. They run away. Two minutes later, she's getting shot at again. The other brother in the tank whips it around with the passenger door open, tells her to get in, and they drive off. <laughs> we, need, we need to change it up a little here, movie. So in that scene where Will saves her, there's a church sign behind her that says, there are some questions that can't be answered. And I was like, the director's telling us this movie is stupid, <laughs> and we should not question it. We should just let things happen. And not be worried or ask questions. Just let the movie happen to you. Just let it wash over you. I like that theory a lot. Um, More questions I have, because I'm not going to listen to that. Mm -mm. The hacker, someone says open sesame, and the hacker says, I have a thing about open sesame ever since I read Alibaba as a kid. What does that mean? Well, that's a good story. Yeah. I know, but I have a thing about open sesame. The, it was the, just the, pointing out he was British That's such a weird non sequitur to say. It was and just then, pointing out he was British and cultured and another reason why we should hate him. Finchie has his gun up to the guy who won't give her the code, and he goes, your brains are going to be all over the stainless. <laughs> There's some really, really weird dialogue in this movie. Uh, I like when... A little bit later when they're doing the chase um, and Casey is out of bullets and they're being chased. They're like they're in the Batmobile and the bad guys are like in a LeBaron (laughs) and they're catching up with this six million dollar badass storm chasing truck. I'm like, how is that possible? 
So and Josh, I... at that moment, he goes, do you trust me? Yeah. I need you to trust me. I'm like, this woman has known you for four mm. minutes. There's not a damn way she trusts you. He's trustworthy. And she also <laughs> in that scene says, I'm tapped. And he says, what? And she says, I'm out of bullets. And he says, well, how did that happen? And she says, I shot them all. Yep. <laughs> That's generally how you use it. Okay, with these two, these two, after they He's slam doctor, that car y'all. and they're driving off, they have they're joking around about him being a weatherman on the morning news, and they're laughing and flirting. <laughs> these two characters have zero sense of urgency. His brother is literally a hostage held at gunpoint right now. And these two seem like they're out for a Sunday drive. And that was after they had met, they had gone to talk to the sheriff. Yeah, and they found out that he's, yeah. he held them up at gunpoint. Yes, and I just wrote boomers exclamation point. Because <laughs> the, old, the two oldest people in the movie are like, we just want the money, we don't really care. Which is also from Hard Rain. Everything goes back to hard rain. <laughs> uh, Will's goal outside of this movie is to help people like the like the folks in Twister did. He has like the exact same dialogue practically where he's like, if I could get my warning system up and running, mm-hmm. it would give people five or ten minutes extra. But maybe we could stop from people from getting hurt entirely. And I was like, because he has the same origin story. But instead of being stuck in a cellar, he was in the. Yeah, he does, because also I was thinking about that um, with her character in Twister. She like she anthropomorphizes the storm that killed her dad like it's a vengeful spirit after Mm -hmm. her. And Will seems to do the same thing with the skull in the clouds where he's talking to it. Sees this thing as a vindictive force that's been pursuing him across the course of his life. Um, is this where they make their plan to get rid of the cell tower that the hackers are using? Yeah, we're mm-hmm. we're heading to the cell the, tower to stop the hackers from getting their signal for the code to open the door or whatever. Bullshit. I love how they make a bunch of assumptions, and it leads to him figuring out where the cell tower is. They're like, they've got to they've got to be getting communication somewhere. You're like, that's pretty cool that you just figured this shit out. He's a doctor. He's a doctor, which means he's, he's very doctor, smart at everything except he, for bullets. He drives around in the Batmobile, yes. which has Peanut butter and jelly radar sandwiches. and radio sensing and satellite sensing technology and whatever God else. Yep. Uh, the, the, I liked the sound in, that, in the scene, the cell tower scene, because it sounds like it's a demon, which fit well with... The, him seeing the skull, I thought. Yeah. All the uh, like shrieking and moaning and stuff. So can <laughs> the cell tower scene leads to my favorite scene in the movie. Can we talk about it? The, the yeah. The best thing that happens, which is when when Will kills a guy with a hubcap. Okay, so I had two notes about the hubcaps. One was that it looks like the CD Cenobite in. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what is that, part three of Hellraiser? Yep. And it also made me think of the ants' metal lawn stuff in Twister. Because when I I first saw it, I kept thinking, 
those things are going to come loose and tear everyone to shreds. Uh-huh. I can see that. Oh, funny. That's what the hubcaps made me think of. Yeah, in Twister, in the movie theater scene, the drive-thru, a guy gets a hubcap to the head. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can break this movie down and just be like, okay, so it took three scenes from S- Twister, uh, two scenes from this other heist movie, mash them together, we're done. Well, the screenwriter's name, his last name is Windhauser. And I'm like, his whole life has been leading up <laughs> to writing this hurricane movie. He started writing this at the age of 10. When I saw a screenplay by Scott Windhauser at the very end of this movie, I could not stop laughing. His whole life has been leading to hurricane hype. I, I feel like that's true for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, R.I.P. Jackie. She dies in the truck explosion around this time. On the um, the cell phone tower, when the boat hits it, that did startle me. I, I squealed just a little. Yeah, I did. Mm. Like, what hit What hit the ladder? Was it sheet I thought metal? it was, was a, it a like a metal what boat. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. But I, I did think the part where he's hanging on to the cable, swinging in the wind. That's fun. It's a good time. I am always so amazed. Um, what else was I, I watching? Uh, oh, Jurassic Park uh, Lost World. Um, and people are hanging in the rain, hanging onto a rope. And I'm like, do you understand how much stamina and strength it takes to climb up a rope? Period. Like, it all ever, let alone one that's caked in mud and rain. Uh, like, these people are all dead. They're Everyone is dead. The the scene where they're figuring out the new um, code mm-hmm. to the vault, and suddenly the hacker starts talking in a Marilyn Monroe voice. 36, 16. <laughs> that annoys Someone tells the hacker, can't you make it go any faster? And he says, it's a computer. It's working at the speed of light. And what then, the fuck does that mean? The speed of light is a velocity. And that, then that he makes says, zero sense. No. And then he says he's going to, and maybe this is me showing my ignorance, but he's going to use the Fibonacci sequence to figure out the last, when the, the lights go, when the cell tower goes out. He's going to use yeah. the Fibonacci sequence to figure out the last number of the combination um, because they know it's two digits. And I'm like, I don't think that's what the Fibonacci sequence does. And also, isn't it random? Because it just picked a combination like the fibonacci sequence is just like it's the fibonacci sequence is explicitly a sequence 13 21 the sum of the two digits is the next number yeah how is that gonna figure out i Uh, thought he was gonna do some math and be like it's impossible to figure out the number of combinations is insanely huge there's no way we can figure it out and they've got one shot to do it yes Yeah, I mean, it didn't make any sense, which is why the sheriff says, boys, we're going to get that gal and cattle prod her privates till we get the code. Ew. Ew. That seemed out of place in this movie. It did, but he died at the perfect time because he needed it after saying that. (laughs) He did deserve it after presenting an idea like that. Uh, so Finch, I can't remember what his name is, the main bad guy, 
he says Connor. to his guys, he goes, um, he says to her, he's, which mall are you at? And she says, there's only one mall in town. And he goes, of course there is. Hasn't he worked here for years? Yes. That's, They've been so, on the same run for years. There's so much dialogue like that in this movie that's just like, doesn't make a lick of sense. It's just showing that it's a small town, Sean. There are only they, three they, cell phone towers. They also made a point of saying that because it's a tiny town. Mm-hmm. Don't well, you need other cell... Uh, for them none to of this makes... Them? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. You can't sorry, triangulate with one things, signal. That's not how that works. We've been talking about how things don't make sense, but this next scene makes complete sense. The mall? It's the scene where they they tether themselves to the mall. And he's watching his his watch, which has an atmospheric pressure gauge. He knows the exact timing to blow a hole. First of all, he tells his brother, Hey, don't down there, Breeze. Well, I'm just waiting for my quarterback to call the play. This play just a little flea flicker on my signal go long. Shut your yap up and send her out now. Okay. Flea flicker on my call. I'm going long. And his brother understands what that means. I wrote football intensifies. It doesn't mean anything. A flea flicker is literally a flea flicker is a play where you <laughs> hand the ball to the running back. And then they throw it back. The running back throws it back to the quarterback and the quarterback makes a pass. That doesn't happen here. No. <laughs> None of that happens here. I'm so confused about it's like it's like an Eastern European was told, like, you have to squeeze in as many American football references as you can. He's like, but I've never seen the game. And it's like, too bad. Just write it. <laughs> so it did occur to me in the mall shots, though. It was like they finally decided to be artistic because the shots like between the two escalators. Oh, going yeah. Down, and then going up, I was like, wait, did we decide we were going to be artistic suddenly? What are you doing? You don't yeah, everything just else decide is... that for one scene. Super matter of fact, but then the mall is like uh, German expressionism with the light yes. like pouring through and everything. <laughs> <Exactly>. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, I was like, "What is he looking up through?" I was like, "Oh, it's the escalators, of course." So, their idea basically here is like it's like the pressure differential between a spaceship and the vacuum of space is basically what they're insinuating the inside and the outside of this mall is. Yes. But the fact that it's not just like one whoosh of air when the ceiling explodes, but it's a sustained vacuum, which then sucks people up into the sky as if they were kites. Kites, <gasps> which may or may not have killed a man earlier in this dad. movie. Exactly. See? It is a good movie. It all comes back together. Symbolism. <laughs> Did you say symbolism or embolism, which is what this movie tried to give me? <laughs> and I liked that it wasn't the flying that killed him. It was the debris, mm -hmm. which I think I learned in Buster. But when um, they... My, my next note is when there, there's that uh, the greenhouse area of the hardware store and the, the tsunami, the wave hits. Oh, yeah. That's she spends. It's the only plan in the whole movie that they spend time talking about is that they're going to make a car bomb. 
and there's a whole dramatic scene of him giving up the Devastator or whatever he calls it. His, his the Batmobile. Dominator. The Dominator. That's what it is. Uh, and then it just falls to shit because the tsunami hits. But he gets to climb on the Dominator and laugh when he uses it like a ladder. Yeah. Uh, also, Casey gets captured and let go. And like put in danger, I feel like a dozen times in this film, or maybe even a baker's dozen. You're like, oh no, the bad guys got her, and then they get her again. I'm like, what? just it's a constant. Uh, she should have switched sides, basically. Yes, I liked that. Will knew he should not have a gun. Mm-hmm. When they kept trying to give him a gun, he's like, I no, that's not gonna be a good idea. Yeah, I guess I'll give this movie points for the brothers each acknowledging that she's more of a badass than they are. So, she wants to blow up the cool car, the tsunami hits, they get separated, she gets... What about, where's the scene where they pee? (laughs) A random scene where they both take a leak. (laughs) That's before they get the brother back, right? Yes. Because it's Will and Casey? Yep, as they're, as, I think as they're heading into the mall, or like, that's his, that's when he comes up with the pressure inversion idea. Uh, but were they just addressing the fact that no one ever pees or eats in action movies? And they're like, because they also, that was around the same time as the sandwich save. Yeah. Like, no, we need yeah, to I, have. I guess that's just the screenplay, the writer, Windhauser, just being like, you know, it always pissed me off how you never see a character take a leak in the second <laughs> act of a movie. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, the so Finchy threatens to put a guy in the shredder, which I found to be funny and an over-the-top threat, even for this movie. And he didn't want to kill anybody, but now he's going to shred them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the brothers, when they get back on the boat, they have a nice heart-to-heart and apologize to each other, and then immediately promise to never share personal feelings again. I so, thought it was which like is like, realistically you guys awkward. just healed your relationship by sharing your feelings. Maybe you should do this more often, as opposed to just not talking to each other for 15 years. It was only five. It was realistically awkward, I thought. And, and in that scene, I thought it was funny because Will had buttoned his shirt up all the way the top neck button and then breeze was like easy breezy beautiful cover girl yes but i thought that you know like they were like look at their characters they're totally different sean you hate when people address their personal feelings in action movies but this movie it kind of has it both ways where they're like like here's my feelings but also this is stupid how'd you (laughs) how'd you feel about that it annoyed me because like go one way or the other with it, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that they it did fix the relationship. Like boys, boys, a little sensitivity every now and then will go a long way for you. But, but also, what if they only talk about their feelings through football references? It feels like that's the only way they were raised to express anything with their dad was just. And clearly uh, boys, Will's uh, not into football, football but boys. he had to learn all those plays, too, which sucks. 
Poor Will. I do feel bad for Will. He's so nerdy. But he is a doctor. He's and he's the best damn meteorologist that they have. But those those dang paper pushers won't listen to him when he tells them this is going to be a bad hurricane. Did you find it interesting that I feel like this movie was about hurricanes, but then it really wanted to also be a tornado movie? <laughs> because like, we get one wide shot where you just see like massive destruction as the winds sweep across the town and all these barns are like scattered and raised into the air and destroyed and everything. It's like, you really want to be Twister, don't you? The... And it was like they forgot that they were in a city called Gulfport. Like, yeah. you got the one scene of the of the waves of the storm surge, but... Yeah, the rest yeah, of the time it's just had, wind and rain. I don't happening. think they had the budget of a uh, of a hard rain. I don't think they had the water budget. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of wind effects in this movie, but not a lot not of a lot water. of like water stuff in this. Yeah. So in this movie, the bad guys are taking truckloads of cash. The last movie was garbage bags. Like, surprisingly small. They kind of looked like what I get from my local record store, actually. Not even like a full garbage bag. In this movie, the bad guys are taking three truckfuls of money away. Yeah, this seemed a little bit more lucrative than Den of Thieves. Well, these were all singles. Because they'd all been up people's noses or in G-strings. Yeah, Money's right. gross, according to Maggie Grace. <laughs> So we're going to get like the, the three truck chase now here at the end of this movie, huh? And the one That's... guy won't let her drive because she's a girl. Mm-hmm. But his brother-in-law drove big trucks, so he can. Okay. <laughs> and he was angry. Talks about mm-hmm. how it made him angry and, and mean. Uh, when Which is Will... what has done to her. Yeah. When Will jumps from their, the truck onto the convoy... And then Breeze also does it, and just just the car is just going behind them. Like Wait, he sets did the cruise he put a control. Brick? <laughs> <laughs> My note was just this movie is so stupid. I love it. <laughs> it. Makes me so happy. And we have no reason to believe that Will is athletic in any sort of way, other no. than they cast an action guy to play him. But he does all the stuff. Hmm. Yeah, so Breeze shoots the hacker in the arm, and they steal his truck. So now they have two trucks, and uh, this the part this is so insane where she's ha- she's baits the guy into hitting her so she can get real close and like try to steal his gun. But like the way that they do the ju- the truck jump, so that the guy bounces up in the air. She then pins him to the ceiling with her legs as she reloads a gun, shoots him in midair, and kicks him out of the truck all in one bounce. She's a badass. If she hadn't let those people in Utah die, she'd be amazing. (laughs) And then she says, Red Dog Omaha 22. Again, this doesn't mean anything Yet somehow these brothers both fucking know what it means that they're going to get in front of this guy. And they're planning to kill this guy to just slow him down enough that the 
hurricane will take him away? When did this hurricane become like a force of God? Because it has been like a pretty regular hurricane. The first scene, Sean, it was a skull. It's Tammy. That's true. That's true. He does see the skull in the rearview mirror. <laughs> and also, that's from Top Gun. The hitcher brakes will fly right by you. Is mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Slow totally. down and the hurricane will make him fly right by you. Right. <laughs> so, so as the guy gets pushed back, slowed down into the storm... He looks back at the storm as the trailer, as the bed gets picked up, and he's yelling, Damn you! Is, I can't tell, is, is he yelling at the storm for stealing his money? <laughs> like, is he just pissed <laughs> off with the storm itself? Is he yelling at the boys? Who's he yelling at? He he's yelling mad at the God. storm, and I wrote, ha 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 I wrote, damn you, and then I wrote a bunch of ha-has. It made me happy. <laughs> So main baddie gets sucked up, and uh, who had yeah, the who had the trailer the land on them? Same guy. Yeah, which seemed like such an act of God. Like God was punishing him for damning him by slamming that his own truck bed on top of him. <sighs> and then Will sees the skull in the storm as they speed away from it, and it's it's weird that they've been running away from this storm like their life is in danger and now all of a sudden there is no more danger and they're just like hey we're chilling should we go to mexico we got 200 million dollars <laughs> she's just I'm goofing just on them. with you you degenerates i like that she calls them degenerates it's like she also doesn't know the brother at all she knows Will a little bit because they flirted over sandwiches, but she really doesn't know Breeze. So they drove in the car together to the Federal Reserve Building. Oh, okay. Yeah, they had all that time. They, they had they had like a three minute car ride at the beginning yeah. of this movie. He saved her. He swung around and let her get in the passenger seat. Um. Yeah. All I had was like bad guy over. Or bad guy dead, uh, roll credits, movie over. Which I love when a movie doesn't take a whole lot of time at the end. And they're just like, nope, this is done now. Oh, this movie was done with itself. Mm -hmm. This movie could not wait to finish itself off. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys got anything else on... Is this movie called The Hurricane? It is. It's, it's The, the Hurricane, Hurricane Heist. Heist. We've been we've been misnaming it this whole time. Oh, just in time for UPS to drive by. Isn't that special? I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just Excuse dipped me. in the hey. middle of. Her- <laughs> Oscar, I'm so We're glad so close to the when end. I was here. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I hope he leaves it in. Buster, 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 you're crazy. Are we done? <laughs> hey. Uh-huh. Hey. 
recording left. <laughs> you mutts. Okay. But Okay, we're good now. We're good. You son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Damn you. So that was the hurricane heist, huh? What would you all rate this on a five-star scale? Uh, it is slightly dumber and not as greaseball as the last movie. So I only give it three stars. It doesn't get that extra half point, but it is very enjoyable. And I could see this if this was on TBS or something, I'd just be like, yeah, okay. I'll let this play in the background. I also gave it three stars, which I upped from the first time I watched it. Uh, Just because it's fun. And again, if they had cast worse actors, it could have been not dumb fun, just dumb. Mm -hmm. This movie skirts that line. And it, it, it got lucky and pulled it off. I'm also a three out of five. I think it's it's the really good kind of bad where this is just real fun and entertaining and the pace is good enough and the dialogue is bad enough that it, it avoids mediocrity. And I think it's it's just a real good time. I would I would love to put this one on with some friends one night and in the background, just as you're all hanging out, having fun, having drinks and eating or whatever. And this would be just a fun movie to laugh at with friends. I mean, it's the same guy who directed Fast and Furious, Stealth, Triple X, Daylight. Like, he's he's pretty good at this kind of stuff. Yeah, this feels... That surprises me, because this feels like a movie that would be a younger director that someone like earlier in their directing career mm-hmm. would turn this out. I'm surprised that a guy who's been directing for 30 plus years made this. Yeah. It feels like he just wanted to keep working and they were like, you know what? We have a couple million. That's all we can give you right now. And he was like, okay. Yeah. Wow. They, they spent 35 to $40 million on this movie. Wow. A lot. I hope to- Toby Kebbell at least got a good payday out of it. I like him a lot. He's, um, wasn't he, he was in the King Kong movie for just for a minute, but he was also Kong. Like he's like the face. Oh, okay. The motion capture face of Kong. And he's one of the apes in Planet Yes. Apes. Yeah. Well, can I just say that Scott Windhauser has a movie in pre-production <gasps> that he's writing called Hashtag Tsunami. <laughs> he's got Jen, a Jen, you're going to have to come back on the show. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, Jen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for um, having me on the show. It was wonderful to have you as a guest. Do you have anything that you would like to plug? Any books or movies or shows that you've watched recently that you're really into? I really liked Men and Watcher. Um, I saw a movie recently called On the Count of Three, which I liked a lot. Um, 
won't be for everybody because it deals with suicide, but I felt like it dealt with it in a way that people rarely talk about such things. It's funny, but also like made me cry. Like, you know, 75% of the things I watch. Um, yeah, welcome to the club. Me too. <laughs> I would say for more heist movies, like uh, Hard Rain is pretty great. Taking a Pelham 123, the original. Mm, yes. Oh, I like that one. Jackie Brown. Heller High Water is like a good uh, bank robbery movie. With brothers again. Yeah, that one was good. Yeah. I, I, kind of a modern noir. The Silent Partner is like an older one, and it's a little problematic, but it's really good with Elliot Gould. Yeah, I highly recommend Men also. It's definitely one of the most like divisive and polarizing movies I've seen in a long time. Um, but I highly recommend people go check that one out while it's still in theaters. I want Alex Garland to keep making movies, so please support his stuff. Get him some box office numbers. And Jesse Buckley's a rock star. She's amazing. She's so good in that movie. Everything. I'm I'm gonna watch uh, that Kaufman one yes. with her mm-hmm. soon. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. That's a yep. good book too. Yeah, um, I, I don't know anything about it, but her performance in Men was so good. Her her part in Fargo was great too. Um, on a bit of a sad note. Uh, since we last recorded, uh, Fred Ward died, and you know, not not the biggest name actor or by any means, but Fred Ward between Tremors and Remo Williams and Naked Gun Three just played a real big role in my childhood and like me as a film buff, and I just always loved when I would see him on screen, and he's just one of those guys that. For whatever reason, I, you know, I I connected myself too. So um, it was real sad to see that um, when he died. So I just want to send a heartfelt message up to Fred wherever you are, and uh, thanks for all the good times. Now I feel bad. I've. Am I supposed to follow that up with my plugs? Come on. That's heartfelt. I know, or like something else nice, and like you know, some kind of like generally life affirming sort of thing. But no, all I've got is my other podcast. That's pathetic. (laughs) Go go ahead and plug your podcast. Okay. So if you like westerns, I'm sorry, Josh. I set you up for failure. You were all... trying so hard not to do the ending. <laughs> yep. Uh, if you like Westerns or are interested in Westerns, I've got another podcast that I'm co-hosting currently called Stagecoach Justice, where every week we talk about uh, a different Western and we do them in seasons. So we are going through some Jimmy Stewart, Anthony Mann directed Westerns right now. Um, and we're just wrapping up that series. And it's a more it's a more educational uh type show and a little more uh based like we have one guy who reads books about the movies even it's ridiculous yeah but uh it's a good time and every episode we talk about um an episode of the TV show Stagecoach Justice which my friend Eli came up with but it's totally a real show but it's all a figment of his imagination as well <laughs> It's fun. It's a good time. I like it. I haven't seen any of the movies you guys have discussed yet, but I've listened regardless and enjoy it. Oh, good. Thank you. That's all I ask for. I, I don't get any money off the streaming rights, but 
I get fake internet points if people listen and review the show. <laughs> well, I make a lot of money off this show. That's the only reason I do this. Totally. I shouldn't have said that because I don't give you anything. <laughs> That's fine. I'll edit that out. I'll edit that out. Forget I said that. <laughs> if he I edits just, it out, it's like it didn't happen. I just like that Sean is over there making dough. Oh. You're celebrating that? I am. I'm happy for that. My my local Papa John. Just John's... for that, you get you get you oh, get no. to end the show. Oh, just no. for that. As your punishment for that god awful pun, you end the show. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Uh so for myself, for Jen, for Sean, uh take care of yourselves, take care of each other. For me, I love you all. We'll see you next time. Good job. Thank you.